for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by AllGrows.com, with your host Gilbert Ornelas and elk hunting coach Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Elk Camp 2022, y'all. It's been absolutely wild up here in the mountains in New Mexico. Uh, as you can see here, I'm with the band of characters. We've got the legend R.C. Knox in the house. We got Cody Kirkpatrick with us, our Elk Bros 2022 recipient of, uh, the hunt who won to come in here and, and, Invade the Elk Bros camp and be, uh, be one with the Elk Bros. Uh, we've talked about doing this, Joe, for many years. We got the ninja, the Mr. Leroy Chavez in the house and WWJGD sitting right here. My main man. We got the Venezuelan mafia in the house, Mr. Luis Gonzalez and Manano Graterones in the house. We got everybody in here. We got a new addition to the team. Come on in here, Mr. Victor Silva. Come on in here, aka Vitoko, and one of the baddest cooks in the on the planet. Bend down a this little guy, bit here. Bend this, down a little bit. This guy's been cooking for us all week. He's been putting up with our bull crap, and uh, he's been one of the best guys to have here in camp. We can't thank him enough. It's been uh, truly special. He's one of the mafia's homeboys that they brought in, and I'm telling you what, everything he's done has been super cool. Am I not lying, guys? Champion though, yeah, he's a he's a world champion shooter with shotgun, sporting clays, skeet. I mean, the guy's an avid outdoorsman, a heck of a musician, sings, plays the guitar. I mean, the guy's been an epic, an epic 
individual to have in camp. We can't thank you enough, my brother. Maybe at the end of the podcast, we we should close out with music from Victor. Oh, that's a great idea. Victor, get ready, baby. Al final del podcast vas a improvisar con el cuarto. You guys, this is as organic as it gets. Y'all been with us on several rides here in uh, in Elk Camp. And I'm telling you, uh, this has not been short of any wild things going on. Uh, I've had a time getting up here. My truck's in the shop. I kind of blew up the the, uh, the radiator and everything else. So uh, we've had some challenges uh, getting up here and getting started. But I'll roll with the greatest team in the world. Uh, you know, the legend RC Knox stepped up, helped me, Joe, everybody has filled in and helped me, uh, feel comfortable without all of my gear. Uh, that truck's a big part of it. Uh, but we got it all up here on the mountain and got everything started off, guys. Got to meet some incredible people, Mr. Cody Kirkpatrick and his father, Kevin. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Kirkpatrick. Couldn't be with us. He's back in the Elkwoods, <laughs> knocking it out in day Colorado. by day. He's in up Col- in Colorado. Yeah, y'all's home place up in Colorado. He's yeah. out there, you know, doing his thing. It was so fun to have him in camp. Uh, he's a, 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 a unbelievable gentleman. Yeah. Tells stories like you wouldn't believe. Uh, you know, <laughs> I generally can tell a pretty good story, but I got lots to learn from guys like that. So, uh, he's a fantastic, uh, yeah. fantastic yeah. father, a fantastic outdoorsman. So it's been, it's been great having these guys in camp. He's the uh, only guy I know. Has ever called an elk in with a ratchet? Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, get, we'll get to that for sure. Uh, he's he's uh, made the impossible possible. That's for sure. When you when you done something like that, um, you know, I, I get to hunt with all of these guys, so I'm very privileged. But one of the things that I, I really wanted to say to each and every one of them is. I value each and every one of your friendships. Yep. And uh, being here on this mountain, whether we kill, you know, 10 out of 10 bulls or whatever it is, we're going to have fun doing it. And uh, we've had an exceptional time this time. It's so cool to see the ninja back in the woods every day, yep. hunting, hunting, doing his thing. And, uh, you know... Th- Thanks to all the guys that helped make that happen. Oh, for uh, sure. For sure. Um, Chad's back in the woods. I watched him do about a two-mile hike, you know, in and out almost every day, uh, and he just killed it. So uh, from where he was in 2019 to where we are today, 2020, I mean, uh, it's day and daylight and dark. And we we, uh, we praise God. Thanks, everybody, for all their prayers. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple people that we want to talk about. We've had people all week texting us all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike Bozarth, you know, he scores, takes Shane a cow Rasmussen. out there. Yeah. Shane Rasmussen Shane, takes yeah. a beautiful bull, bull over Congrats, there. Congrats, Shane. Our own guys, man, our coaches, yes. Eric. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eric Aragon. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, done. man, they the, score big. The Flatlander Cole Wills gets it done in Idaho. Him and Joel, I mean, unbelievable. Travis. Kills six by six. Yeah. O'Shea. Travis. O'Shea getting it done Travis. up there in Canada. Oh, Tra- Travis is just, you know... He, we kind of do that when we're callers. We play a caller role and yeah. you end up trying to get other people. And that's what Travis has been doing. He's not shooting. He's calling, you know. And and I, I think they've taken two or three already, Yeah. you know. So they're doing big out there. And, and we're getting all kinds of emails and different things from different people. But, you know, the guy that you're talking about, uh, somebody that has touched our heart that Charles we got Presley. an email is Charles Presley. And yeah. Charles is... 
him and his family have gone through it. You know, their daughter Abigail um, went through a lot of operations from birth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a guy that, you know... <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, it puts things in perspective. I and mean, we have a lot of things. Child helped put things in perspective for Absolutely. us. You know, each one of us has found things in our lives that mm-hmm. put things in perspective. And, you know, um, Charles was somebody followed us and was excited about getting the Elkwoods, had a new daughter coming into the world, and and life got put on hold. That's right. You know? That's right. But Abigail is... Killing it. She's doing awesome. It's, uh It's awesome to see that family. He's... So, Charles is out in the woods now, man. So, that's... Uh, it's that's awesome huge. to see how the good Lord's working in their lives yep. after all the prayers and everything. So, shout out to Mr. Presley and Abigail. Y'all keep yep. killing it. Keep grinding. Um, it's been... It's been wild up here, fellas. I mean, we just dive right in uh, <laughs> as we got started from day one uh, in... Man, you know, it's a new unit that we're hunting, Joe. Yeah. Uh, super new. Mm-hmm. You and RC put boots <coughs> on the ground, uh, when, you know, doing as much scouting as you could. And then once we really dove into the intricacies of the unit, it, uh, it got, it got real, real quick, didn't it, Joe? Yeah. So, I mean, all of us, I mean, yeah. every one of the group and every one of the guys, you know, you don't need to hear it from me, you know, what, what was the biggest deal for you guys, the biggest shakeup? Blowdowns. Blowdowns. That's a new thing for me. Uh, I think that's a, it's a phenomenal deal. So, <laughs> I didn't know before, so, so I in got the, to learn. In the, in the winter here, they had a winter uh, storm. There were microbursts that come through here. That you know, And microbursts have been you know, tracked at over 300-plus miles an hour winds. So um, it came through here in, in biblical proportions. Yes. I well, mean, they, 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 they call it uh, Widowmakers. Widowmakers, Widowmakers yes. Yeah. And I, we've got several yeah. pictures that I'm sure Joe will edit into this podcast and just show the devastation yeah. on the sides of these ridges yeah. that made it so difficult for us to navigate and understand the road systems and stuff like that. And, well, the, the, and the difference between... Uh, Fall down and uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, so, so everybody, when everybody talks about deadfall, we all know what deadfall is, yeah. and mm-hmm. everybody's used to stepping over deadfall. But you know, it's so funny when we came out and we did our scouting. You know, we we're checking the road systems, checking where we would be jumping off from. You do your e scouting, checking where certain trails are and where certain places, and starting to get the camp set up. But we never really got up into. Um, some of these sites. We went in some places and they were fine, but man, I tell you what. So, blowdowns, you know, when you were talking about that epic thing happening, I think it was three days of, of that event, wasn't it, RC? Because yeah. you had to deal with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it tore up power lines, it did everything, but. Y'all were without power for how long, RC? A month. A month. One month without power, and this is serious down here when it's in twenty d- degrees below zero and stuff. I mean, you know, you better have a lot of wood cut. Yeah. So, so it was, it was all western, southern, and top plateaus that caught wind mostly, mostly, mostly yeah. right? Because there were some other faces that were, you know, got probably northeast and that also got hammered too. It just yeah. b- bended it mm. through the canyons and stuff, but. It, it is so epic. I can't wait for Joe to send up the yeah. photos that we took. So y'all, take, will, y'all will see it. Take a look at this picture right here, and this will give you an idea. And 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 here I'm gonna. Yeah, here's the picture. Now I want you to check out this video. This is a video of the mafia 
trying to navigate and climb over, right? And so we're talking about trees. They look like pixie sticks, but these are completely massive. mature, massive trees, top massive trees that just blown on top of each other and created five, five six, seven, eight foot walls. Yeah, and, and at some point we were actually walking on logs that were, you know, four or five, even six off foot the off the, the ground. ground. Yeah, and and it just dangerous. becomes so dangerous yeah. because it, it's crazy how it, you know, you. You're walking through the woods, you have no uh, blowdowns, and all of a sudden you see some trees and you're like, well, <laughs> it's probably clear on the other side, and then you get into it, and then this, you, 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 it keeps sucking you in, you know, and then you realize you're the in the you middle get, of get these blowdowns, right. and it becomes dangerous <clears throat> because... You know, these, these trees break, the branches break, what you think is, is, is stiff, it isn't. Yeah. And if it parts, then you can, you know, yeah, because you these, aren't, these aren't dead trees. These yeah. are live trees. They were live, live trees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have complete foliage on them, all their branches, except for what's broken through yeah, uh, the fall, right? 400, 420 yards took us uh, hour an hour and a half. I know, hour and a half. Yeah. 400 yards. Yeah. Hour and a half, Joe. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it so slopes the whole uphill. All the trees yeah. are down. Our, le- our legs show the <clears throat> show the results of it too. We're all beat up and scarred and nicked and bloody. <laughs> and I mean, we've uh, we've all been through it. You know, from day day one, we knew it was going to take boots on the ground. You know, divide and conquer. And this group is. I'm telling you, you cannot keep this group out of them uh, when they get their nose to the grindstone and start grinding. Well, you know the the problem though is not only was it difficult for us, but it was so difficult for the elk that a lot of the elk moved out of the area. Right. Um, we're we're right next to another unit that is um, had. Uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime elk hunting unit, and a lot of the elk migrated there, went down lower, went to other places. Now, the, are there still elk in here? Well, we've managed to have encounters. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we've managed to do that, which, man, I tell you, um, when you're working that hard, when you are having to climb over stuff, when you get stuck in things, it, it becomes frustrating. Ooh, it becomes defeating. disheartening. Defeating. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it becomes brutal at, at times. Yeah. So our issue, I mean, Cody, day one, day one. So Cody and Kevin and I, I, I had first stops with, with Cody and his dad, and um, and we had a plan. We had a plan of where we wanted to go, where we wanted to be, and that was just it. We had plans A, B, C, D. You know, and y'all, we ended up going to like M N O, yeah, L O P, and and really trying to work. Uh, oh, here, here, here's a photo. Check out this photo. How do you find elk um, in New Mexico when you're struggling? Here's a picture of uh, my Venezuelan Venezuelan pointer and uh, finding elk for me. So I want you to I want you to see this picture. <laughs> like, got a great picture of Madonna up on the mountain, man, pointing out where elk go. <laughs> yeah, it was a great one. But our issue was really. It was compounded in that we had a lot of animals that moved out. We're trying to figure out now how the animals are moving differently. And 
Oh, we're getting rained on. Look at here. As and always, this is a real deal. Yeah. It's rain. We got rain, man. I know one of the guys uh, coined it, coined this hunt as uh, the one one more step hunt. <laughs> and I think they'll they'll explain to you what uh, I meant, what they meant by that. Yeah. I got to say something before the mafia gets started. I got an opportunity to hunt with these two cats. And I've known Luis since he started elk hunting and started calling. And I got to hunt with him the other day. And this guy has gotten so good, man. His calling techniques, uh, the way he sets things up. Um, he pretty much ran our hunt when we came, when they let me come hunting with him, dragged my butt up and down the mountain. Uh, but this guy's gotten so good. So I'll let him tell you. Uh, exactly what went on with their one step close <laughs> to being heroes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I gotta say publicly, but uh, I gotta reinforce that uh, your what you said. What uh, my statement was? Yes. Uh, I'll allow I, I will say it's painful. I'll allow us be your leader, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, hey, leaders step up, and this cat really has, man. So, for real. No, I yeah. tell you, I tell you what, we, we always joke back and forth about you know the leader, but you know it's. Uh, I told Manano this trip too that uh, I was pretty impressed. So nobody really knows this, but Manano got here with a bad cold, and he was pretty sick the first three days, and and we had to go through some really tough terrains and. You know, the altitude hits you really fast uh, for us flatlanders. And, um, man, he, he, you know, especially on day two, and we'll talk about it, I mean, the, the, the hike that we had to go through, it was... It was tough, and, and I, Manano hadn't been able to be like working out as much because he's been preparing for his test and all. Manano doesn't I, I, work out, I, dude. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that, that hike was intentional, yo. But, but, yeah. but I mean, he, he, I told him, I said, dude, I, I admire your willpower and your ability to just work through, you know, the challenges of these hunt because you know I don't know that I would have been able to do it uh, while sick like yeah, that. We well, got him some drugs though. He, he bowed. Listen, I'm serious. Medicine. He, yeah, medicine. We got him. Medicine. Some, we got him some medicine. That's better. Big O carries the international yes, drug kit with him good. when he when he travels. I mean, uh, you got I'm the cure. I'm susceptible to getting upper respiratory infections, stuff like that. So when he's he told allergic me, to everything. Yeah, I am. My shadow, I'm allergic to. Uh, so when the, he came, when he came to us and said he was not feeling well, and this is big for him because he don't, man. This guy's, you know. Um, he's a private person, and, you know, he's very prideful, and uh, he don't want to slow the group down. Uh, so it was very it was very humbling for him to even say that, hey, man, I might need a little help. And mm -hmm. uh, so we got him some, some medicine, and he's been on demand ever since. And yeah. Thank a, you, Beto. They're a force to be reckoned with. He, he, he worked through it. And, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, the very first day, talking about the one-step hunt, um, we decided to go – up this ridge um, that we kind of found attractive on the map and so we parked our four-wheeler down and we started working our way up and it was pretty steep so day yeah. one we were like whoo wake up call man this yeah, is, we're back so. at it this is uh so we work our way up there we're seeing some sign and we're just kind of walking around and slowly calling and just exploring the the terrain and um just when we got to the top you know, we always remember what Joe says. I mean, you, you do it like the animals do it. You know, you 
you're tired, you stop, you rest. You're rest. sleepy, you take a nap. You know, yeah. you're hungry, you stop and eat. And uh, right. so we got to the top and we were a little tired. And um, we got I, uh, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, we sat down and had some breakfast at the at the very you know top of this uh little ridge right and then you started changing the yeah the, i had i had different, i had different diaphragms that i wanted to try that uh and so i was using the grinder and i was trying the sugar and i just kind of wanted to feel the differences between the diaphragms and i'm messing with it and all of a sudden manano turns around and tells me did you hear that i said no <laughs> manano as usual has really keen ears and eyes in the woods right so I said, no, I didn't. He's like, that was a bark. Keep calling. So I kept on calling. And sure enough, man, this bull bugle, <clears throat> right? And we're like, oh, my God, this is what we're on right off he the bat. He wasn't, but he, he, he cow calls. Well. Yeah, yeah, he, he was he cow calling, like too. Yeah, he mute. He mute. Yeah. Yeah. Several yeah. times, actually. Yeah. Yes. There's so many people, man, that think that when they hear a mew, it's just a cow. It's not. And it's not, especially early season like this, man. And and even when you get in tight, you know, when they're when they're around their cows, they'll mew as yeah. well. Yeah, but he made it sound like the, the word several. Mm-hmm. Like several times in, in different pitch. Mm-hmm. So he got me. I thought, okay, we got like at least a bull. With yeah, a few we, more coming. A few more or several cows or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... It, and by the way, what's a beautiful country? It was a beautiful country. <laughs> <laughs> There's an inside joke about that. But anyhow, so Manano immediately, I mean, the wind was right. This, this, um, this bull was coming from the side skirt of, um, that, that top like where we were at. Yeah, it's it a, like a little saddle. Little saddle? Mm-hmm. Aspen tree? And, uh, so Manano dives down and gets into the thick brush. And I kind of stayed back. It was a little open on the top, but I covered myself with one of the roots of them, blowdowns, one of the trees, and and I continue to call. And I hear crashing and stuff like that. Manano's saying, you saw him coming. Yeah, he was was coming, like jumping logs, you know, like really, really, uh, you know, he was, yeah, he was coming, like Mm -hmm. straight up. Yeah. And, uh... And then he, I got him like uh, 40, 50 yards, and then uh, he went behind a pine tree. Mm-hmm. And I saw him like, uh, do like this. And then, like, you know, pretty, uh, pretty he was alert, intent, alert. alert. Just because Luis was, was like, uh, he got the skyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, all of a sudden, I heard something breaking behind. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure he was. Breaking the tree or something that, but the bull get you know watching Luis, and he goes like, boom. Yeah, and I had a, like a you know like little window was forty something. Yeah, within forty yards, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any opportunity to. Yeah, it was to take a shot. So you know, and my mistake there was, as I was calling, I heard it coming, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, I it got to a point where Manana moved forward and I couldn't see Manana, and. And then I couldn't hear the bolt. So I'm like, well, two things, right? I want to be able to see one of the two. And I want to be able to see if I can actually film, you know, the, 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 the thing here. But in my mind, I was like, well, if I can't see the bull or Manano, they can't for sure see me. And I, I could put position myself closer to the edge of the, the brush. So you tried to make a move. So, so I tried to make a move while I was calling. Yeah. 
and and then my, you know obviously I hear the bull spook. There's a short video yeah. where you can see it kind of running away. Then I try to call him back. You know, but it was too late. That's a good point though that you bring up because we're always talking about people being aggressive and moving on mm-hmm. in on elk. But I think it's important to note that that what we're talking about a shooter right. because yes. when as a caller when you're calling you're you're being pegged yeah you're moving yeah. the pinpoint right. yeah, yeah, yeah that elk is pinpointing yeah. you he so knows exactly where you're yeah, at. yeah. Uh, yo i want to so, add uh i'm sorry go ahead uh, unless you have cover terrain that's given you the advantage mm-hmm. to be able to still move mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but you're up on the skyline you're mm-hmm. up on the mm-hmm. top of the ridge and and that animal is looking for you and you make a move and it's, yeah. yeah and and look that was a hard lesson learned mm-hmm. and and it broke my heart because I told Monano and, and, and Vitoko on the way here that my goal was to be able to call a bull in for Monano or anybody, right? You have but, done yeah, several times, bro. But, but, I mean, mm-hmm. be able to harvest the bull right. that was sure. being called in. But, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely taught me a lesson that I know now I won't forget. And, and, that, and the other thing is, like, even though you don't see the bull, because of the exact same thing you're explaining right now, right. They they could probably see you. Mm-hmm. The angles are so different in a mountain. The sun is shining. You don't. You know, I might have been in the skyline being hit by the sun square in my face. Right. And, you and you that have bolt. to know that you're hidden by terrain or vegetation yes. oh, yeah. in order yeah. to make a move. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yo, I wanted to bring something that uh, I think it's a rookie mistake we we have made. So we were discussing about communication while we are in this situation sure. because it happened to us in Colorado it happened to us in New Mexico like two years ago and it happened again mm-hmm. we were trying to find a way to communicate each other when we are when he you know he can't, can't see, see me mm-hmm. or well he's breaking or something mm-hmm. so that's a tough one it is Turn, it really turns is. out that the uh, Mr. Pollito, as he, <laughs> he goes, aka, aka, he he saw hey, uh, he said that's illegal, I think, and I, I haven't googled it yet, but I will. But I, it makes sense. You you were talking about using uh, radios, commu- communication. Well, we tried, we tried uh, through the Bluetooth, mm-hmm. and of course didn't work out. So because it's at the distance, so but uh, it totally makes sense. I don't so, know. There's guys that communicate over radios all the time during the hunt. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Depends on what state you're in. Yeah, yeah. something to look into. So at, yeah. uh, it's something to look. And and, uh, and you can tell if, well the experience we got the, with hunters with a drone. Yeah, we yeah. got uh, we got that thing coming too. So I just wanted to bring that um, rookie sure. mistake because somebody can. You know, made that mistake. Well, I don't well, necessarily so. think that's a rookie mistake. It's happened to all of us. Right. If you've done this long enough, you get separated from your hunter, and you're just doing the best you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. crap happens. Man. Yeah, that's I think. Part of elk I think one of the things as a caller, and <clears throat> for me, is when I'm in a set calling, and I got a guy that I can see what he's doing, and he gets set like he's gonna. There's something coming in. My job is to go. And, and right. keep moving away. away from him so I can bring the bull back, right? Yeah. right? And and when we set static and you can't move or maybe your terrain won't allow you to move, that silence gets to you, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I ain't heard anything in a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get edgy and we feel <laughs> yeah. like we got to do something, yeah. right? Yeah. We, yeah. we step out and look and boom, yeah. man. Yeah. They, they yeah. own us like a rat on a cheetah, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, I, for, for me, as I've gotten... 
longer into this calling thing. As soon as I see my hunter set up and like he, I know something's coming in, I'm going, yeah. right? I'm going to try to drag the bull with me. And, and Joe's, this, Joe's this, one of the best at that. When he sees you set up, he's moving, man. He's going and calling, trying to drag the bull by you, you know? So it's, I, it's, it's harder. It is. It's harder when the animals aren't being vocal. Yes. Because yeah. when they are being vocal, it's easier to know because you, you know where you, you left your hunter, you know yeah. where the animal is and you can steer better, right? And you can check his temperature. Yeah. You know, you know Absolutely. what the animal's temperature is. Yes. But, but when it's a silent situation, <clears throat> And you're just seeing on movement, then it's got to be a little bit of a, a trust issue yeah. and just and hope that things happen. Yep. I mean, you know, because you still have to pull it by them, right? Yes. So, I mean, it yeah, it it is a tough situation. The only thing I try to do, like if I have a shooter up there, and and I'm and I'm going back, right? What I have to do is I have to trust my shooter to say, okay, that shooter's going to now. I'm doing what I can do. So it's up to the shooter to make the correct moves, and if something happens that the shooter needs to change the situation, then they three cow call me, yeah. and get and we make a change, right? So what I have to do is 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 understand that I'm not in control of everything, yeah. that I have to depend on my shooter to do what they can do. Right. They have they have to be active, and they have to take you know they have to take that role, you know, they have to be able to do that. So. Um, that, yeah, that can get tough, but it's something that all of us have to deal with, especially the thicker it is, right? Yeah. The more open it is, a little easier. Right. The thicker it is, a little bit harder. And especially when it's like this. Because, like, we've been hunting for days, and we've had encounters that we're used to having multiple encounters. Yeah. And we're having, like, working our butt off for a single encounter per day. And so when you don't capitalize on the, on that encounter, you like rake yourself over the coals. Yeah. What could I have done different? Yeah. And I mean, after you, you had, after I called that bull in for you, you know, I, you were telling me later on, you're like, wow, but I had this. What if I didn't? What a, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. And it's good to do that, you know, to mess with that in your head to think about for the future. But there's just some things that, we're not in control, control though, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, that 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 animal, that animal's trying to survive. Yeah. We're in, gosh, we're in thickest stuff that you can do, you know. And you know, if if you can get the opportunity and it happens, and we can finish, yeah. I think I think we've had opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the biggest things uh, I would have to say is is, uh, and I I appreciate. Gilbert because he was basically doing a lot of calling and and uh, so it's important when you set up and I say okay I'm going to go up here and, and I'm going to look well when you're both together and you look okay yeah that's a good spot well you don't know if it's a good spot until you get there yeah. right and then yeah. okay well Especially I'm going to have to move over move. here right yeah. well I think it's very important as a caller that you go, okay, where in the hell is he? You know, you, you move and get yourself in position and you look, just like you say, all right, here comes a bull, where am I going? I gotta be able to clear out of here and move. And so it's, it's important yeah. the very, very first of the, of your setup that you have 
visual contact. Yeah. I, I would let RC go set up, and then I would move myself right. to, exactly. to complement that. Yeah. That right. doesn't mean on the that your is not going to move. Though. No, yeah, that's right. right. That's right. right. But well, you got to be so aware of the wind, too, because if the wind happens you to do. shift, yeah, we're and you have the opportunity to move as a caller right. in order to compensate for that wind. And we're constantly checking this. And I, and I, I always do that, and he goes like, please don't move. He <laughs> <laughs> almost get to the point. I said, hey, I'm gonna go. Don't there. move. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just going way too far. Yes, man. I always way down. It's, a, it's you know, it's well, it's, a, it's my way. You know, I see you. I'll, I'll, I'll be there, Luis. So <laughs> when I go scarf. there, I see. Okay, that bull is not coming from here. I'm gonna take that position because I'm gonna get you know more. It's important for the caller for you to so get I set up. But that's where, if you're gonna move forward like that much. You should actually three cow call your caller. Your caller. Yeah. Now he knows that, and it's okay to cow call because you're moving forward. Yeah. So that pinpoint right. changes. Right, but it becomes more complex when you are in a flying V situation yeah. because yeah. now yeah. you have For the sure. other shooter that For hasn't sure. moved, For and sure. this one goes all the way over there. Yeah. And in, now you're like in, what a, the in a flying V, and what and what our listeners. If you don't understand that, it's when you got two shooters out and we're forming a V with the with the caller back in the back, in that situation. The movement should only be lateral, right? Yeah, not, you know, not perpendicular. To the side. Yeah, you don't want to leave because now it becomes a safety issue for everybody. Yeah, yeah everybody. Right? right. So, yeah, to move so that you have better shooting lanes laterally is is okay, but you got to yeah, be careful of. I don't. I don't, I don't move when we are uh, flying know, V. Flying right. V. Yes. I always uh, move when I'm alone because right. I get to get you know get. That's where you just gotta let him. Still, it's an issue because he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Yeah, Yeah, you just disappear. Yeah, I don't start my calling set until he's set. When he's set, and and he'll he'll actually RC's been really good with me. Is he'll point at me and go, "All right, I'm ready. I got I I got to go ahead and start." Right. Yeah. So for me, it's really important for letting your guy get settled in. You know, he's gonna knock an arrow, maybe clear a few branches out of his way, but some get his feet where it's. A lot quiet, more quiet if he needs to move, whatever it may be. But it's important for you to have that rapport with your hunter yeah, and caller. You and know, that's why and the uh, the communication issue yeah, yeah, yeah. came out. So yeah. that's why we were discussing. Yeah. Hey, uh, I yeah. saw him several times put his finger to his ear and point in a direction. So I knew he was locked on something. Right, he's locked on listening to something or, or whatever. He may turn his focus that way, and if. If he if he does this and I hear something coming, I gotta go. Right. right? So uh, it's important for you to learn. And we talked about this before we hunted. You know, if I if you know if I put my hand up there, he knew that's that a that's a hunter. You know, I mean, we have hand signals, right? right. Yeah. Joe has them yeah. too. You know, when Joe wants you to get right here on his six, he puts his hand right on his butt and he taps his butt to get yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we hear things walking. You yeah. know, I mean, it's simple stuff, but. If you don't do it, it can really hinder your hunt. And you know? actually, we in our to, academy, we have we have a lot of hand signals that we right. show people yeah. how well, to do right. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Mr. Pollito asked you the, for the very first time, hey, what's the communication here? Like, we go like, a, yeah, which was great. Cool. It was great. Yeah, he was so organized and you're prepared. He came <laughs> really prepared. He was well, like, you the he, was, he was asking that he, about the communication. He's been to the academy. academy. And he's yeah. listened yeah. to yeah. our yeah. But I go like, yeah, this is cow call. 
Yeah. This is like a bull, yeah. and this is a time for a drink. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bugle. It's not a bugle. It's a drink. You know, it was brought up a while ago about the radios. You know, yeah. in all honesty, I've been there with the radios. I don't and like. I don't like them at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say that. I said the is, same thing. It, it's like they go. They go. Yeah, they're loud and they're bulky. You know, and I tell you what. 90% of the time when I was carrying the radio, <clears throat> I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I mean, You're I, I, until agree. afterward. Yeah. I agree. Right. Yeah. Agree. It right. makes it hard. Unless, you know. yeah. Now, there are things that, that people use, even in the military, they use clicks. You know, so, like, yeah. if you want to test before you go over the air, you do a click right. so that they can hear it. But you got to have something in your ear, bud. But, but, but again, that, check right? your local... Laws, 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 and, laws yeah. and, 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 and you know, because, because yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, everywhere is different. Mr. Cody it, brought up a good point. I'm sorry. I was, I was just going to say that even when you get everything coordinated, there's unexpected stuff that happens. Yes. Like in, uh, Gilbert, what, yes. what was the, your situation with Joe? Yeah, you know, uh, well, <clears> I'm, I'm going to acquiesce to, to Cody because he kind of had the second, the second individual, uh, um, encounter, right? Or really first encounter and decided that he was going to pass and I wanted him to tell his dad's Kirkpatrick's, uh, Mr. <laughs> Kirkpatrick's, uh, story on the oh, ratchet yeah, strap. Ratchet. So, uh, on the ratchet bull. So, um, for sure. Uh, I, I, I definitely, I'll go right after you, Cody, but right. I want you to go ahead and break into that. So, um, you know, after, after getting hurt, um, we decided to kind of change, you know, tactics. Talk, talk, right. about, talk, talk about, about you injury. getting hurt. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, <clears throat> first day, you know, Joe had mentioned, you know, we started up, uh, you know, plan A. We ended up plan M, N, O, P, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, the, the the downfall was uh, was so bad. Um, I, I don't remember a specific event, but uh, I ended up tweaking my knee. And... Um, so, you know, you think, oh, it just kind of hurts a little bit. You're good. And, uh, you know, about four miles later, I get back to camp and it's starting to hurt pretty bad. Um, that Locked night in. I went out with RC and Joe and, uh, we started up into a spot and, and it just got progressively worse and it just, just got stiffer and stiffer and stiffer. And I finally turned back to, to, to RC and I said, Hey, if you guys are going farther from the truck, I got to turn around. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, uh, it, it hurt coming down the mountain. Yeah. And, uh, and you said it hurts worse going down than it does going down. It hurts worse going down. Yeah. 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 And so, um, got to, got to, uh, you know, at one point I had to, you know, sit on my butt and slide down the mountain. So yeah. that, I mean, that gets kind of mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. Your, your, your knee was, was locking up. Huh? It was locking up. It was yeah, locking, locking up. up. And, and you, I just couldn't, just really couldn't, couldn't walk. Um, so you had to go to town. To and town. Get looked at, right? So yeah, drove all the way to Taos and went to the ER there. And um, they give you medicine or drugs? Medicine, both. <laughs> they gave both. <laughs> Mama brought drugs. So <laughs> they gave me medicine. Mama drugs. Advice. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. After the doctor looked at it, she said, "You know, ACL looks good. MCL looks good." Good news um, got within the bat. Good news within the bat, yeah, but yeah. it still hurts. She got says, a meniscus tear. She says it's probably a meniscus tear and, uh, you know, pain management. So, um, which know, I got to give it to I, you, I man. Sent, I sent Joe, I, I, I did a short video of, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm not going to quit. So, yeah. you know, whatever we got to do. 
Um, and, and that's what I was going to say. Some of that video right here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's that's what I was about to get to say too. I, I, I got to give it to you because you know an injury like that here in the mountains <clears throat> is no joke. And well, especially I mean, this steep country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. Yes. And this we had, we had Brandon steep. get hurt last year. Yeah, yeah. y'all remember? Well, and broke and his foot. If it's not steep. It's incredibly rocky. So, I, I mean, well, you know, again, the same as with Manano and his cold, you going through this injury and uh, working it through and not, not Quit. give, yeah, not giving in. Not, I mean, because anybody at that situation would have, uh, this is my luck, you know, I'm here, you know, hunting with the group and stuff like that. Now I get hurt just right before, you know, at the beginning of the hunt. Yeah, you he put in 3.4 miles a day with me. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. And he, he with us as well, he was going yeah. over and under yeah. blowdowns and stuff like that, you know, and, and, yeah, uh, he sucked compl- you know, complaining yeah. all the way too. <laughs> I was complaining all the way but, too. But, he but, but today, today yeah, all. man, I mean, you, it doesn't matter. I mean, we all knew your condition with the knee, but yet that, you know, you didn't let that stop yeah. you. Right. It's, it's, so it's let me, gone. let me ask you this. I know, I know they talked about the story and everything like that, but, I mean, now you actually, the whole goal was you coming in and hunting with us, right? Yeah, right. And so each day, you know, one day you'd be with me, a couple of days you're with the mafia, you know, today you were with Gil, and uh, tomorrow we're going to finish off again, you and I. So talking about lessons and possible things that people might get out of this, what have you gotten out of it? Besides a lot of gas in the face. Except for the gentleman here. I'm in, I'm betting with him, so I, yeah. To our listeners what he meant by the gas. Well, yeah, let's let's change the topic. (laughs) (laughs) You can feel the video. (laughs) So what kind of things have you, how has this benefited you? Um, Confidence, I would say. You know, um, myself, just, you know, learning by yourself. You're, you know, do-it-yourself person. Um, I've hunted all my life. I, I, I know check your win, you know, the basic stuff. But, um, you know, when I was with Gilbert today, he's like, hey, look up there. That, that, there's, there's a bull up there. And, you know, having that confidence to really know that that's, that's a, a possible place that they're going to be. So call towards it. And if you call in there and they don't come, well, they're not there at that moment. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're not there. Uh-huh. They're just not there at that moment. Sure. Right. And, um, you know, I learned about, you know, like you guys discussed uh, this summer, talking about cast calling and, you know, following you, um, you know, walking through the woods, you know, just making making yourself a part of the environment instead of being a hunter. And moving, and Luis mentioned that just tonight, moving at an animal speed. Yeah. And, you know... Not hoping for something, but knowing that a situation or a bull or cows or whatever are going to come in, but they're going to come in on their own time. Yeah, right. Instead, on elk time. Yeah. Instead elk of trying time. to make yeah. something happen, you know, <clears throat> I found I found myself last year um, calling, 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 like being really persistent, like, and then wondering, well, what the heck's going on? And the reality is, and what I found out by busting elk was. 
they were coming. Mm-hmm. You just weren't giving them enough time. Just be patient. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, now, now I, I want to inject in it though is that because I hear a lot of people that listen to us and follow us, they'll go out, they'll go into the woods, they'll set up, and they'll start doing a scenario, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, "Well, it's not working for me." And without understanding that there has to be a reason why you begin a scenario, either there's sign that's there, or you have visually heard something, you visually, or I'm sorry, you've audibly visually heard something, heard, yeah. or you've visibly <laughs> seen something, right. or you have smell or sign, a reason, or it's an area that yes. is a type of bench yes. that yes. has had a lot of activity <coughs> that is should be a, a possibility potential that there yeah. could be an animal in there. Yeah, right? well, you know, not you, just the, depending on the anywhere. time of the day. You know, right. if you're expecting the animals to come up to a bedding yeah. uh, area, and you know, there's that funnel, mm-hmm. and you want to sit in there. You know, it, 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 yeah, it, for a reason. Like Absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think that's important because so many people think like, okay, I go in the woods, I set up, and I start calling, right? And you've got to have. A reason why you're going to be doing that calling there mm-hmm. is it is it uh, a water hole that's getting hit you know several <clears> times <throat> during the day so you're trying to pull them a little sooner right is it a food plot that you're in between that you know where they like to feed and where they like to bed and so you're trying to pull them your direction instead of them going maybe 200 yards or 100 yards over to a side where you never see them right or have you just caught a whiff of them because you're in an area where maybe you're a little bit above and because they're moving up and you've caught a smell of them coming that way, well, instead of them going desired, maybe you can pull them towards where you yeah. are. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, right? Yes. yes. And, so, and when, go ahead. So, so Luis was talking about that the other day when he was calling and we got back to the bike and, um, you know, he was like, and he didn't specifically say this, but he was painting a picture. 100. Yeah. And, you know, he was saying, I, I not only know how to make the sounds, I now know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, like like you made a call. Uh, uh, we had a setup one time, and you are like, all right, well, uh, I was playing like I'm an individual cow here. And then yeah. all of a sudden I introduced a bull. And then I, and, you know. Telling a story. Just telling yeah. a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, doing elk things. You know, I, I, that, I, I learned that, you know, from you, and, and you know, I appreciate that. This morning I, I we did that, that several that. times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This morning we did that several times. You know, we did the same thing. We introduced a lone cow looking, you know, for a bull, and then we brought the bull in, and him yearning mm-hmm. to get her to do what he wants, right, displaying with some raking. And we did that because we are in a pinch area that, man, it, it's had bulls you know, right. and and they're not really sounding off. So I knew when they came, they were going to probably be silent. But I wanted to appeal to their nature that hey, there's a cow down there, and you know when they hear that glunking going on, generally, you know there's going to be some button activity. Right. You know, so um, so yeah, I've got one question, and you know we we've seen sign, um, but I think that um, myself. You see sign, and you get stuck in the rut of thinking that the elk are going to do the same thing every, every single day. day. Yeah, they're not. Right. And I think that that could be, at least for, for, for myself, what I learned hunting with you guys is don't get don't get discouraged if they're not doing the same thing every day. Right. Because, again, it, 
they're not on our time. They're on their own time. We tried something totally unorthodox today. <clears throat> you know, elk are going up from morning to to a- afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to head up top. And I'm like, this has been so unorthodox, the hunt. I'm going to do something unorthodox, and I'm going to go down into right. some bowls and see if they're down in there bedding. You know, we're going to try to get in there bedding. You know, and you know, actually, that wasn't a bad idea at all because as hot as it is, yes. right? Any areas that might have been a little bit cooler, dark, or yeah, yeah. you know, especially in. So, for all you guys that are listening, you know, we're up here in beautiful country right now. I mean, it's eleven thousand some odd. Eleven thousand. It's gorgeous. But because we have, and this is beautiful, beautiful, (laughs) but because it's been a struggle, what I've often told people is, man, when it's not happening, the pretty go ugly. And and what we've done is we've been driving Hmm. an hour to go down to lower level in country that nobody is hunting. And we're finding bulls yes. down there. Yeah. Um, it's it's still been a struggle because of the type of terrain we're in. But yeah. I mean, but we are we're finding the well, animals. So a that's, good example of that from last year, mm-hmm. Joe. Um, when we first started hunting with the season started, we started finding elk at ten thousand six hundred feet. Right. <clears throat> and then pressure came in, and then we. Where did they go? And then we started going higher and higher yeah. to try to yeah. find them higher. It turns out, they went guess what? They were low. Yeah. So they were, you know, talking about unorthodox. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that you're you're having. You, you can't bucket yourself into right. a situation. No, you have with to. A, yeah, you have you to. You have to think about what meets their needs. <coughs> you know, yeah. oh, where are they going to be able to have thermal regulation and what, where they can keep their body cool, you know, when it's hot. Where are they going to be able to eat and where are they going to find water? And here's the tough part for us is that where we are now hunting in the lower country, water is very sparse. There's rivers and these guys are traveling miles, miles to get to the water. So the time of being able to hit them when they're coming back through to the trees or to the bed, it's, it's, it's hit or miss because there's so many miles in between there. Right. And who knows where they go in between that? In between uh, that, yeah. right? Yeah. So they go where they want. Absolutely, man. Yeah, a good example of it, uh, he found a big old pond mm-hmm. right on top. And so the there's saddle. No, there, yeah, in the saddle. There's not much water around. In that pond, I mean, yeah, you see tracks and stuff, but no, it's not, they, they don't, they don't go That's water every, 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 every single day. No. So well, they don't have to do because they, they have the rain. They have yeah. water the destination. Every water hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they got yeah. every, every, yeah. Yeah, it's there's all, water. But down low, yeah. water is very sparse. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean. It's amazing. And another thing, Joe, it's amazing how these elk, they don't poop. Man, <laughs> I just gotta say, there's no doo doo. Well, there's no, there's tracks everywhere, but no doo doo. Yes, no yeah. fresh doo doo. Okay, I yeah, think it's because it's so dry. It had to be because RC. it's just. I mean, you know what? Little we did find, it's real, real dry. Yeah. yeah so we're, we, you know, we were. <laughs> it's so funny because it's been so far and few between finding droppings that we're taking pictures. Hell yeah! I got to come over give Joe a picture and it, you they can smear it. You know? They do yeah, exist. They do exist. Tracks everywhere. No doo doo. I mean, you know, there's rabbits around. We see rabbit doo doo. You know, yeah. we see deer doo doo. Mule deer. Yeah, yeah, mule, mule deer, deer doo doo. Yeah. But man, it's been 
I should say scat, right, or dung. Well, if, right. if you're not in some point, like if they are moving constantly, unless you find those areas where they are like staying and feeding or staying and bedding, you're not going to find that, the, yeah. the droppings like I, that. I guess, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've managed to find some wallows down there, too, mm-hmm. that are used. Mm-hmm. But they're not used every day. Nope. It's, it's been... They're nomadic elk, and uh, they move through. And for us, it just means you've got to be there at the right time, at the right place. It's going to keep capi- working. Yeah, yeah. and then capitalize on the opportunities you so, have. Yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, about looking for different opportunities, you Please. went to explore a different, different area, yeah. right, with your dad. Right. Well, because, because I was injured, um, we decided to, uh, you know, Try to take it easy. Easier country? <laughs> yes. It wasn't yes. easy. Yeah. 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 You didn't want to straddle any more well, logs? Well, it was easy because we didn't hunt too far from the truck. So, um, But, yeah, we got down on a, on a ridge down there, um, just went out on a point there, and I was calling. Um, Dad was back at the truck, and we were really close to the truck. And uh, so I just started calling, doing scenarios, just cast calling. And uh, so while I'm calling, I go quiet and I'm listening. And it's just deathly quiet, except <laughs> I start hearing this, it's just extremely loud. And uh, I turn around and my dad is sifting through a junk pile that somebody had thrown out on the side of the road. And he found him a halfway decent ratchet strap. <laughs> And so he was testing it out. Um, <laughs> while you're trying to call. While I'm calling, trying to listen. <laughs> and so I, I turn around and look, and I'm like, what in the world's going on? He's over there like this. You know, <laughs> you know just really making sure it works, because he's taking it home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in a pile of junk. So I look at him, I'm like... I just put my hands up like this, and of course, you know, he just puts his head down like a little kid that got caught with, you know, the hand in the cookie jar. He just uh, drops his ratchet strap, and he walks back to the truck. And uh, I'll be dogged. It wasn't, you know, very few minutes later, all of a sudden, a cow shows up. And the, ratchet like, cow. the ratchet cow. The ratchet cow. cow. So, um, anyway, she came, she ended up, she came up to the top of the hill, and just like we were saying, they're quiet. She made one one call trying to locate where I'm at, and so I answered. Of course, she came right to me about, you know, 16, 20 yards. Stopped right there. Um, rookie mistake. I was standing right there in the middle of the open. Of course, who would think that something would, you know, a bunch <laughs> of cows and... And a, and a bull would come up to a junk pile, but <laughs> evidently they do. Um, so she came up there, pegged me, and then she kind of blew off. And, you know, from from watching you guys and listening and going through the academy and everything, I went ahead and called again towards her because I knew she didn't, she didn't really know what I was. Right. But I did just a soft calf call, and, boy, she came right back up to me again. And so um, I passed. I just didn't draw. You know, you, it, it's it. You're in the moment. Right. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I should have thought <laughs> her, but you know, what do you do? It's all right. So then I turn around and I look at Dad, and he's uh, leaning up against the truck, um, <laughs> right by the ratchet pile, <laughs> and uh, he's watching 
some other elk across and uh, there was another big bull in there and um, that cat that cow ended up going back around there he chased her around and they took off so um <laughs> He the said you weren't ready. Dad's, Dad's claimed I wasn't ready. I mean, who, who would think? I mean, you turn around, the guy's over in ratchet strap. You're like, all right, well, this is over. This yeah. is over, yeah. yeah. We just want to go home now. And that's the thing, man. I just like with these hunts, you know, if anything, what I've seen and learned over the years is that your hunt can change in, in seconds. Second. Yeah, it could mm-hmm. be, it could go from like a complete just chaos nothing going right to just all of a sudden you're you know in high cotton yeah you know uh the legend and i had something real similar happen to us uh, and it's a learning moment for all of us it, it was so the deadfalls and the blowdowns are so bad here that very hard to even while you're cast calling and walking through the mountain to have an arrow knocked up ready it's just a safety. Thing, I noticed you know? that today. You were, you had one knock the whole time. Pretty much knock, yeah. And uh, I, I was managing not to get in too much of that bad volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. You asked Joe last night. I had one knock pretty much all the time. But when we started down, I said, "Whoa, Joe! <laughs> I got to get this this razor <laughs> off the end of this thing." Yeah. So RC and I had we were hunting a little ridge top area that. Look, and shout out to Chad, the local here, you know, where we're hunting. He gave us a little tip on where to go. And, Belleville? And, yeah. Chad what was it? Belleville? Oh, Belleville, yeah. yeah Belleville. And anyway, uh, shout out to Brother Chad and, 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 you know, giving us some local information. And we used that local information. There were a lot of elk sign up there on that ridge. and But it was old, you know, a lot of old sign. Well, so, go ahead. There was somebody else who gave us some help, too. Uh one uh, a young fellow that listens to us. Yeah, oh, yes, man, Richard. Yes, Richard. Yeah, Richard gave yes. us a lot of help. Hey, too, Richard, so. shout out to you, bud. Peace, man. brother. Thanks so much for all your help and all the, all the, you know, using maps and showing us where we should be, where we yeah. shouldn't be, what yeah. we need to be looking <laughs> yeah. for. Oh, I mean, look, awesome. we're we're elk hunters, but you know, you you local people that that know this area and that chew the dirt every day, yeah. we sure appreciate the help oh, yeah, in absolutely. reaching out and, and helping Chad us. Chad had listened to the elk bros, too. Yeah, <laughs> we met Chad on the road, and, man, he was like, oh, man, he goes, I recognized you. That's the mafia. Where's the legend? <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, it was really cool to, to meet him on on the trail, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, awesome. uh, and he's out up here doing his thing, getting his groceries and whatever else he needs. <laughs> he uh, drove us up there to the spot. Yeah, yeah he, he was he, he actually drove and followed, made let us follow him up to the spot. Said if I had three days or five days to have fill a tag, it'd be right here on these ridges, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he killed some some bulls there. Yeah, so the only thing is, what what's been happening historically? Yeah, is not, not happening. happening now. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's everybody's right. kind of like yeah. Yeah, even the locals are like, "Whoa, man, this, oh, yeah, is, yeah. this is They're so like, different." Wow, Especially when so they different. come up here and see the blowdowns in the deadfall. Right. But RC and I had a really good morning. We we started out in easing up that ridge, calling and setting up scenarios, and man, it was it was really awesome. I mean the 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 way we did it, we had the wind in our face, the sun at our back. I mean, it was so good. Um, but we just didn't have any any activity i mean nothing really coming to us nothing talking to us uh the day before that we did have a bull talk to us he just kind of barked at us i think he caught our wind down below us on that same ridge um but 
never saw him, you know. So we got the wind easing up through there, and we top out on the very top of the ridge, right? I'm not, guys, I'm not known to going to the tops of ridges, man. I really like them <laughs> mid-level things. I, you know, I dig it. You don't uh, want to gain or lose too much I elevation. I don't want to gain or lose elevation, man. <laughs> Absolutely. So we went, we told each other we're going to go to the top, and, and uh, we're going to find out what's up there and how it looks and, and just, just see the blowdown. Yeah. situation right so we got up to the top and we're huffing <sighs> because there's no air up here somebody sucked it all up and uh at twelve thousand feet you know eleven five wherever we're at we're huffing and puffing and i happened to look to our left and we're standing in, in this just in front of one of these big blowdowns where the root system sticks up yeah so we kind of got a backdrop i happened to look up <laughs> Man, I'm just the luck that we've had has been good luck because we saw something, but the finishing part was not where we wanted it to be because we really weren't ready, you know. But going through all that stuff, guys, it's really not a smart idea to have an arrow knocked up. But when I turned and looked to my left at about I don't know 17, 18 yards, in walks a. Giant cow. Okay. I mean, one of biblical proportion. She comes walking into our lives and walks within eight yards of me and RC. And we're looking at each other and looking at her like, Oh my God, there's an elk. You know, I mean, there, I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're looking at her and she has, she has looked at us twice and not paid any attention to us. And I'm like, Okay, we're going to let her walk by us, and then we're going to get us an arrow knocked up, and we're going to call her back, right? So no sense in trying to booger in her, you know, and he had the same idea. So we're standing there, statues, I mean, stiff as a board, but, you know, not even trying to breathe, you know, and slow the breathing down from us huffing and puffing, right? Well, she gets to kind of... My, my right side and she's going through she's still at about eight nine yards i turn and look where she came from here comes another cow right a yearling probably a two-year-old or something like that and she's coming just like mama and she's right on her heels and then i'm thinking okay maybe there's a bull with them if she comes by we're gonna get an arrow knocked up mm-hmm. and get this deal done now look, we might have had to have a loaf of bread and some sandwich material to eat them up there on the top of that ridge. But I know one thing, I got my bros here and they're, they're gonna help us get, him da- get her down, Absolutely. right? Did you hear that, y'all? I've gotta take a second from the show to tell you about the Enchantress call from Slayer Calls. This call, it gets you the most realistic bugles in cow calls I have ever heard from an external. Look, the folks at Slayer Calls designed this external call to act just like a human tongue. So literally, with the push of a button, anyone can use this bad boy to bring those puppies running. Look, if you struggle with diaphragm calls, or you have a partner that's just not able to call, y'all, this right here is your ticket to sucking those bulls right on in. If you want to try the Enchantress, which they're calling the Elk Slayer now, to put me in your freezer, then just use our code. It's one word, ElkBroSlay. Again, that's the code, ElkBroSlay, on SlayerCalls.com. So RC and I both make the move to get an arrow knocked. Well, little girl sees the movement right on my six here, 
she sees the movement and she pops her head under a limb and looks at us like, hey man, I wasn't there before, right? And she looks at us up, down, up, down, like that, and then boom, man, she blows out. As soon as she blows out, we get an arrow knock. I get mom turned, right? But no shot in, I mean, it looks like this in there, you know, all blowdowns and everything. We get mom turned, but she actually blew out even further and mom went with her, you know? So here we are, you know, sitting up there. Now we're boudaying to one another about what in the world have we done wrong? We did all of this right. Get up here and then we get slam dunked by old girl and little girl. And, uh, I mean, it was just, and look, I, I, I'm guys, if y'all know me, you know, I love to shoot bulls, but if a cow gets in my way, shame on. Don't discriminate. I don't discriminate. No, we're going to eat elk meat, right? So. RC and I sat down and had a little bit, little bit to eat and talked about the scenario. And, you know, you can list that as a failure point and not having an arrow knock. And I guess, you know, when you top out in an area or something like that, maybe it's a good idea to have an arrow knock because you never know what's going to be coming in. And I, I've lived by that all week, right? Because I learned from that. But I won't suggest you guys doing it when you're going through the deadfall. That's a tough one, man. I mean, you know, generally, you're going to have a reason you've either heard, seen, or, you know, feel something. And so you, and I tell people, if you ever have a feeling that you need to knock an arrow, knock one. Yeah. You know, for, for that moment. But yeah, I mean, it's hard. I don't always recommend somebody to be walking. If somebody's around with a going there, yeah. to the restroom right. while you're <laughs> yeah. up in the mountains, that's a good point. Yeah. A good moment if, if I'm in good terrain and I've been cast calling, I'm gonna knock an arrow. Yeah, because I could have bulls yeah. coming to a silent. If, if yeah. you're in a scenario yeah. where that's happening, absolutely, yeah. there's a reason why that's yeah. going to happen there. But I mean, you guys are you just grunted up a hill. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. going through all that stuff, and then you <clears> get up there. I mean, I. A hundred times, there's no way people would have an arrow knocked yeah. in that. You'll see the video here, right here, uh, <laughs> where I say gloom, despair, and agony on me. I mean, <laughs> seriously, if we had no bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. Um, I'm, I'm well, showing my age there, a little hee-haw throwback. But uh, well, it, it was just that way that day. We, let's talk about bad luck, good luck, because uh, hmm. I'm not sure what... Day two. Day two. Yeah. Um, Myself and the mafia, I had an idea of a place that I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. And you did. Right. And you yeah. did. Yeah. Joe did. was wanting to make sure. He was testing to he see was, if he we was were taking on us. Yes, he was making sure we were on, in on good shape. shape. Yeah. You know, yeah, right off right the bat, day two. It's like, okay, let's see if this guy's have really well, been Day one, I've out. already tore up Cody's knee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so day two, I might as well go take the mafia. Leaves <laughs> <laughs> more hunting for Joe if he injures everybody. That's my role. That's my role, man. I got the whole area. So, so we, we did a bit of a hoof, man. And, that big. Uh, and, and let me tell you, I mean, right. we went, gosh, we went from the bottom of this canyon up and over into no, an we area. We started at the, the top. top. Back to, to the, the bottom. bottom. From the top and to then the, from bottom, the bottom. Back up to, to the higher top. <laughs> yeah, all the way up. This and is I'll, supposed to be a horse trail. We went, we did the horse trail on foot and more. 
but no, 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 some no, 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 would no, no, say hey, hey, we hit <laughs> the horse trail right on the top. Yeah. But we walked to the, you know, yeah. to the, to the. So the the one of the positive things out of this was, um, something that we acquired that the whole crew used on this hunt was something called the bow hitch. And for you guys that, for you guys that don't know of the bow hitch, it's the greatest. I look. God bless Armando. (laughs) Armando Armando and Doug produced the bow hitch. Thank Um, you so much, guys. If if you're interested in it, look. um, We have each purchased a bow hitch. We have it on our bows. We mm-hmm. have an Elk Rose edition on there. But, uh, and I can tell you, Luis is the type, when I brought it into camp for him, Luis is the type is like, okay, I'm going to try something, but dude, you know, I can't tell you if I'm going to like it or not. Yeah, I, you know? yeah, I was hesitant. Yeah, I, I'd right. seen you use it before, and I, yeah, I don't know. You yeah. know, I just, it didn't quite. Well, we've always carried our well, So after the day of going up to planet wherever we went to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think then? No, I mean you, you know, I, I made a video uh-huh. of 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 the hitch and you know talking through my thoughts on it. You know, I I was hesitant initially. Um, we it, super easy to install. We yeah. just installed it here with an Allen wrench. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it didn't have to add anything or take anything away from the bow. It just attaches right to you know where your scope or <clears throat> your, where your sight attaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the versatility of being able to adjust with that strap, where how you know how high you want it on your side. I've 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 tried different devices for that purpose for in the past. Yeah. You know, um, I tried. You know, I've tried the slings Sling. before. Don't like them because you can't you can to get in from a, a sling in a quick position si- to shooting. Yeah, yeah, in a quick situation where you have to kind right. of really react quick, the sling doesn't work out really right. good. I tried something different from a company I, you know, I like and use. It's, uh, that, that it, you put in your belt mm-hmm. and then you tie a little knot around your bow and it has a little, um, uh, hook that latches on that belt device. Yeah. But you're carrying the bow vertical, so as, you, it's great for when you're standing and you need to rest it, but not for walking with it. Right. Then I also use the hook. Yeah. That sits on the side, but then that hook, Hangs you know, it, it, it gets you, in everything, and and then you right. have to have it balanced, and it gets in everything. So, this thing, you you just kind of put it in the loop around your strap on the side. The bow sits perfectly uh, balanced, yeah. horizontally. And horizontally to where you have good clearance below you, and you can walk, especially when we're calling, right? Yeah, I mean, you're manipulating between <clears throat> diaphragms. You have you have your grunt tube with you. And then what, you know, if you have the bow there to worry about too, it's just, it just makes it so complicated. But this bow hitch was a game changer for me, Joe. Yeah. I mean, I have to I, say it, honestly. I, you well. know, I, I didn't have one. I was the only one out of the group. And, uh, I got to follow guys for 20, 20 odd miles or however far we went this week. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I told Joe today, I said, hey, I want one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cause I just saw. They've been an just, absolute so game easy. changer for yes. us. Yeah. Armando right. and, the, and Doug, man. It, Thank you. We couldn't have done what we did, doing what we've done in the in country the, in that the we country were, in. were yeah. in without the bow hitch. So yeah, I, I found I, myself trying to climb over blowdowns and stuff, needing both hands. Had yes. I had a bow in my hand, yeah. it would have yeah. been so dangerous. How about when we were coming down we were from coming that down the hill? hill? Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so on, on that, but I want everybody to know, on that trip, 
I told these guys I really think there's going to be some elk in there. It took us an hour and a half of hiking, which isn't bad, you know. <laughs> like this. <laughs> and, and, and we get in there, and we uh, we call a bull in. Yeah, I saw we were walking on the side of a ridge, and uh, we just kind of stood there on the side of a ridge looking down at a park. And we're sitting there for a little bit, and I look up, and all well, of a sudden... I, I had put on some scenarios. Yeah, yeah, you've been calling the whole time as we right. were coming uh, down, and you were, you know, making some calls. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I look up, and I see something brown within the green way on the other side. What, 400 yards, maybe? 357. 357. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Too <laughs> big. I'm like, what is that? So I pulled my rangefinder, and sure enough, man, there's a bull. There's a, there's a, bull. Oh, there's a big bull there. And then where? I'm just, it's hard, right? It's so far away, it's hard to kind of explain exactly where it was. And so I kind of pointed them in the right direction. I said, man, I, he called me crazy, but he's looking straight at us. Obviously, he's got us pegged by the sound. And, uh, but, I mean, we were within cover, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all of a sudden he just stood there and we were kind of staying and he didn't like it. He turned around and kind of went up and he was right at the base, you know, right at the tree line from the park to the dark timber. And so, Joe, I put on some more scenarios. Yeah, Joe threw out, you know, some more calls and started calling and calling and calling. And we kept looking in that direction, and sure enough, another bull goes a, by. A smaller, a smaller body, size. body size. I think it was probably a cow or something like yeah. that. And then and then we see a spike <laughs> that comes down. But it was funny because as you would see no, them we, through that we window. We were leaving, actually. We were going down, mm -hmm. and Joe spotted, like, hey, there's a bull coming. Yeah, yeah, because the third one that came in, it went down, and and you, we would lose them, and it was almost like if there was a, a terrain there was depression yeah. like there, a little corner we couldn't yeah, see between between the park between the between the park and the tree line. Right, right? See it, so I've been here. You we kind of got Trinash yet? I'll show you one. Oh, we'll show you one tomorrow. Show me one tomorrow. We'll show you a Trinash. So we were like, okay, Joe is like. He kept on calling, and then we got to thinking, I was like, well, let's play the wind ride and see if we can kind of get closer to see. Obviously, there's some activity on that side of the ridge. And so as we started kind of executing on that plan, mm -hmm. walking the side of, 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 of that ridge, um, we're walking in this order, right? Joe is in front calling. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm behind Joe, and, and Manano is behind, and Joe is like, oh, wait, wait. And, and I, you know, we all froze, right? <laughs> right where we were at. And, and Joe looks up and is like, there's a bull coming, there's a bull coming. And we're, there's, there's a, a, a tree line or a bush line in front of us, uh, between, between an open downhill and a beautiful open downhill. A beautiful, a very extreme downhill. Yeah, too. It, it was a wall. It was yeah. pretty, it was pretty steep. And so we're walking on the sideline, and we have this this trees in Calm front of us, kind of protecting us from being spotted. And but I couldn't see the bull coming up until it was like I don't know, maybe a, a ninety yards, you know, running up the hill. I mean, amazing how yeah. these animals can just come out of the hill in no time. No time. Yeah, it's it crazy. In no time. So Joe just kind of keeps calling and. You know, I look back and I see Manano behind some trees where he has no, no shot. he can't, no shot, he can't see the animal. 
and and then I see I'm behind a tree and then there's a small little window on my left with a branch on top. And it was a limited situation yes. for him, so he knew he had to change it. Yeah, and then Joe was in the on the front side, so I'm thinking, well, this bull's coming straight up. If this bull comes up, he he has two choices. He's either going to take a right or going to take a left. If he takes a right, I know Joe's going to take him because because he's going to be broadside. But if he takes a left, I have to do something about it yeah. because I I don't as of now. I just got you know trees in front of me. Sure. So he comes up and then he he starts. He gets to a point where he kind of hangs up, and he kind of doesn't like the situation, and he boogers. Yeah, and he boogers with his, you know, his antlers down like that, and he goes to the left, and I'm like, oh, crap. So as he gets behind trees, I try to kind of move her clo- move closer to that opening. So you have better shooting lane. So I had a better shooting lane, and then Joe calls him back. But when he starts coming back again... I'm still in no position because it's, again, very steep, and there was a branch above me, so I had to get myself on, on, on my, my knees, and I didn't have a good window. So I start slowly creeping in. He comes in behind a pine, and I take that opportunity to set myself in position. So I had one knee on the side, one leg bag. I mean, talk about a crooked position, but I was in position, and then at that point, I think he heard me, and he boogered again, mm-hmm. and Joe called him back. And when he comes back, I, I had range a, tree, a, a pine in front of me that was at uh, 20 yards, and I had range a, a set of junipers that were at 40. Mm-hmm. So when he starts coming in, he comes right in between the two and just comes out right out of, in front of that pine tree, and I'm thinking, well, he's at 30. And so I'm in this position now. I drew before he came out of in front of the pine tree, and I'm I'm downhill, and I'm thinking. I heard Beto saying, "If you're shooting downhill, you may may use the shallower pin, right?" So, look, my rangefinder has the ability to give me the inclination and give me the actual shot distance. And but in the moment, you. That's what we talk about. It's so different to shooting targets and being in a situation because everything happens so quick. And I made a mistake. I, I shot him for 25 yards. He was at 33 when, you know, when we finally confirmed where he was. And, uh, at the moment I and shot. Alert. And, and alert. And alert. Yeah, and he alert. was, he was Very looking alert. straight at us. So when I shot, I mean, I could see the arrow following that 30 yard trajectory yeah. perfectly. And as the arrow was getting there, it was going to miss him anyways, but he was he was he was pivoting out. So I'm going to tell everybody the true story. The hand of God. Oh yeah, yeah. The hand of God, just as as That's as Luis took the shot, the hand of God Swatted came down, down and smacked that elk in the side of the head to turn him and go. You, no, not today. <laughs> not we got saved on that day because we we actually, you, you got a plan. We had a plan, and I arguably, a, yeah. <laughs> so I had a plan that if we took an elk in this area, yeah, that, a road in the, that we would there would be a road yeah. that we could get out on that would help us because we were so far in and because of the altitude, the height, and the speed. Yeah, right. Because we kept asking Joe, it's like Joe. 
what happens if we kill something yeah. here? How do we get to get it out? And it's like, no, there's there's a way that we can. Yeah. You know. We, so in all actuality, now if if in hindsight, if we would have killed it, we should have come out exactly like how we went in. But the plan was to take to, to go downhill to take this road. <clears throat> so we ended up exploring that possibility after he missed. Negative. And yeah. had the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I mean, right. the blowdown from from where we were to trying to get to the bottom took hours. Hours. Yeah. It was extremely dangerous. It, yeah. Tell us what you said to the good Lord, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you said. Well, he he by, he hasn't realized. Yeah. He realized it when go. he was in the middle of a wall Come going on, you down. Heard from God. I did. Did. He he can't. I was like, "Thank you, Lord, man," because he spoke to me that day. You said, "Why? Why am I in the middle?" I was like, "I'm all in the middle of this deadfall, Lord. Why have you forsaken me?" And he, this voice, it it got kind of, you know, a little bit cloudy. Everything started to happen, and all of a sudden, I heard this voice say. Who do you think smacked that elk? <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't have to endure it all, oh, man. Because yeah. if he no, would have impo- impossible, if he would have shot that elk and we no. would have started down that way with it, yeah. oh my God, no, it would have been Joe. horrible. Somebody man. got hurt. Oh no, no, yeah, was, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, absolutely. It, we literally, we ended up in the middle, and I don't know how we ended up in the middle of it. And then we're like, okay, well, let's try this other route. And so we tried the road and there was a section of it that finally cleared up because of the angle of it and you're feeling good and then we end up on when we turn uh, i don't know probably uh probably a 50 to 60 degree yeah. slope yeah no he's not exaggerating no doubt and, i know no. we hit the trees <laughs> and i go manano you know who who loves people dearly yes looked at all of us and said Every man for themselves. I'm out. <laughs> yes. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going my <laughs> way. Going my way. No, he goes like, okay, let's go this way. Yo, I'm going down. <laughs> he says, guys, because we looked forward, and I mean, it was disheartening. I mean, it, it, it you it looked at it, and you're like, how yeah. in the heck? Yeah. And are we going to go all the way back? What are we going to yeah. do? And Manana yeah. goes, we're going down. <laughs> so yeah. You become so afraid of getting hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually, so actually, I was afraid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, we split it. Yeah. So Joe and Luis got to the right. I got to the left uh, because I got uh, I got like a little, little highway for, for deer. Trail. So, yeah, trail. So it just disappeared like 20 yards afterward so afterward yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I got in the middle and, and it, it it called my attention that you go you know you continue to go down hey there is a creek and you walk like 200 yards then there is a creek the volume doesn't change yeah, the volume of just, the water running is yeah, still the yeah, same yeah, yeah. you know read it 450 yards yeah 350 yards. Man, it was like... Yeah, we've had, we've never had climbs ends. like that. Huh? Yeah. 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 Gilbert and I had how, a I mean, downhill climb like that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and you would... How, how far do you reckon, Joe, we went? Like, I, I, you know... A thousand feet? I, 
Oh yeah, I, 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 at least it, at least thousand. And there was a point where we were, you know, because of the yards there, we were like fifteen hundred feet, yeah. you know, up there and in that slope. Sure. And you find yourself. It's not only trying to find a route, but you're trying to find a route now with, with blow blow downs, yes. right? So. So I find dangerous. myself grabbing stuff so I didn't end up 300 foot down the hill. Yeah, yeah. Rolling, right. You know? Oh, you can, <laughs> I tell you another that. thing. And was what just... was funny was, dude, it was the last three feet yeah. before I stepped on Same. the creek bed that I almost killed myself. That last three foot. Man. You know, the legend and I, our first day, we come down a ridge, and I thank God we had uh, walking sticks, man. That's oh, yeah. another thing in this country up here. Those sticks make a huge difference when you're coming downhill and uphill, and uh, and then having the the bow hitch where yeah. you can have both hands free and do what you need to do. Uh, RC and I had sticks that day, and man, we never we bailed off the side of this mountain. Cody, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, the first day, I, and I I got hurt, and yeah. I had sticks. Yeah. I had my bow yeah. on my pack. Yeah, and I still got hurt. Yeah, I, we. We made about a 10 mile hike that day and five miles in and five miles back. And, uh, we bailed off the top of this ridge because of the blowdowns were so bad. I never went that steep down. And I'm, I'm telling you, I couldn't have done it without the sticks, you know, uh, cause it's dangerous. I yeah, mean, once you get this going downhill, ain't much going to stop it, son, till you get to the bottom. Talk about a heavy arrow. There's a certain momentum Talk about a heavy arrow. There's some FOC some, right here, Some baby. momentum coming yeah. your way. So, I mean, you know, navigating that stuff is has been the challenge for all of us, you know, and that being so close. I mean, Luis has a very close, close counter. Joe has a very good conversation with our good Lord and Savior. And, and <laughs> you know, he, he, he told you, who do you think, you know, who do you think stop that, that help from getting Smack killed him. and y'all having to go through what you got to go through, you know? It, it would have been a, a dramatic situation to where, you know, we probably wouldn't have been able to get that animal out of there. No, yeah, sure. absolutely. And, oh, yeah, and those animals actually responded. <laughs> they actually yeah. responded to, yeah. you know, the bulls have been pretty lethargic. I mean, Knox and I, uh, the legend over there, we had an, a scenario in an evening where we changed country. It was the first time <laughs> RC and I changed country from up here in the high country, drove an hour to a place that RC knew uh, and had some knowledge of, hadn't hunted it before. Uh, so we dive in there, and that evening we show up, we uh, run into the wind, Hop a few ridges, turn into the wind, get up there, and I start calling and put him up in front. And I mean, it's getting late, and all of a sudden, man, we hear a. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I looked at him and I said, "Did you hear that?" And he goes, "I don't think so." I said, "I heard a bull grunt at us." He said, well, "Well, let's get set up." So we set him up in the front. Uh, to my right side, I set up down below. It's starting to get low life, and sure enough, man, I I imitated that up like that, and man, that you could hear the rocks clinking, you could hear him coming, his antlers, his antlers hitting the cedars coming through, and I'm like, oh my god, this fixed to happen. Here we go, man. You know, every one of us is sitting here lives for that moment mm-hmm. right we uh, this is why we do this why we endure yeah. the pain and, yes. and the anguish and the agony uh of defeat Hardship. at times to get to that moment right even enjoyed yes and, and we here it comes right so rc and i are ready in that moment 
and you know it wasn't that bull's day to die either we got a little gust from the gods and he just went totally silent well as we start as the light starts fading i've learned something um over the years of doing this is don't try to push it you know if we blow that bull out of there we ain't got him to hunt anymore so when he kind of went quiet it got so dark I couldn't see my pins. RC really couldn't see the bull. We couldn't make him out down there in that ridge. So we just bailed out, right? Uh, left right. him where he was at, and we bailed out silent, didn't say a word to one another until we went back down the mountain. But that was an encounter, right? Yeah. We knew that the bull was in there. Uh, we didn't want to blow him out of there, so we just backed out, you know, left him alone, uh, didn't push the issue, didn't dive off on him because it was getting too low light, you know. He had kind of had, had the advantage with the wind, so uh, we figured we endeavor to persevere the next day. And as Chad talks about the next day, Joe comes with us, right? And uh, Chad set it up perfectly, you know, talk about the encounter that Joe and I had Um Knox decides he's going to go out on his own, and he's got his own story to tell that day as well. Um, Joe and I get together, and look, I've, I've hunted with this cat for 13 years, right? And uh, when I'm with him, the confidence level is through the friggin' roof. Not only do I know i got to have my A game together physically, mentally, the whole nine yards, because this guy demands a lot out of you when you're with him, right? And uh, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. Everybody's laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe nobody else will say it, but I will, because he's my coach and has been for 13 years, and I feel a certain type of way when I'm with him to give him uh, that due respect. Deliver. Yeah, and deliver, right? And I've been, and I, I'm not tooting my own horn, but 99% of the time, when he does his job, I deliver, right? And uh, we got into a scenario uh, that morning where we put eyes on a bull immediately that was a 1,000 yards away, right? And uh, we glassed him. We said, man, is there any way we're going to be able to beat these rascals to the top? And if y'all knew me 10 years ago, y'all would have known I wouldn't have made it halfway across that field. Uh, but because of the work that this guy's uh, helped me with and instilled with me and the confidence that he's instilled in me, he put his hand on his hip and he said, let's go. So we got in a little trinos that hit our, <laughs> that hit us, uh, it, where the elk couldn't see us. Um, he listened to me two times when we talked about the wind and using cover to to make our approach and he was gracious in that he didn't have to listen to me joe when joe gets in one mode he's going right but he heard what i said we did make an adjustment and got to cover and look we snuck right in there we went from 800 600 350 225 and those bulls and cows are headed up above us right we let him get up there, and then we took off and skirted around in front of him. Joe had a great plan. We had the wind in our face. Uh, I stuck, I, you know, one thing that helped me out was it's all lava rocks up on the side of that mountain. So Joe can't go real fast, right? <laughs> so for me, that's a good thing, right? I can put it in four-wheel drive, and I can I ride. I one, one speed. One speed. Slow and four-wheel drive. But I can put it in four-wheel drive and get in there with him. And I'm telling you, I'll, it's a win for me because we got in front of that herd. 
Mm-hmm. We got in front of them and beat them to their to their destination. So we get in front of them, and he's he sets up a scenario that I videotape quite a bit, and you'll get to see. Uh, hopefully, he'll put it in right here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he ca- sets up this calling that's just extraordinary. Man, a couple of times he bugled back there, and I thought the bull was coming in. You know, so that's how good it was. So it didn't turn. It didn't work out. It was we probably was sat there thirty minutes, huh, Joe? Yeah, 25, that, yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah. So we're in that set 25, 30 minutes, and he's worried they're getting further away above us, right? So we take off in the same direction. We ease around there, get around there, and I did some raking. And yeah, stuff there. he he did some he did some raking, and even in that first scenario, he did some raking. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what made you think that they were going ahead? Did you hear something? Did you smell we something? We saw their trajectory. You just kind well, of just, so, just so more we, of a feeling. We, we were approaching, the wind. we were, you know, cause there's, they're going across and they hit like an, a ridge top that's going up. So you know that they're going to drop into a little bit of a depression in there, right? Mm-hmm. So Bench. I really thought that, and that wasn't a real deep depression before it went up on the other side. What I didn't know was, I think they actually were starting to top out on the other side, but when I did the scenario, I think I turned them. Turned the cows. Yeah, yeah, I turned the cows, and and the bull was following. And then when we got up on the top of the ridge after we just kind of started to break in, I did, you know, I did a little bit more there to see because I really thought because that was a deep-in area, I thought they, and it was thick and it it was cooler, I thought they might be in there. Well, they were. And, and the thing was, though, is as I started doing my raking and I looked down, I catch cow, cows. I can see them down below. I look over at Gilbert, and Gilbert's putting an arrow on. And I'm like, he sees something, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that he's got something in front of him. So I'm trying to pay attention to what he's doing, but I'm looking down. And now it's not just cows. There is a calf coming straight up to me up the hill and and here's the thing about what we do in this business right is i'm in my head i'm going do i film do i put an arrow on do i film do i put an arrow on you know i'm like because i know things are getting ready to happen with gilbert and i wanted to get that to happen but this calf next thing i know this calf is 12 yards 10 yards five yards two feet this calf comes up to me two feet, and right behind the calf is a big cow, yeah. right, coming up. And I had knocked an arrow at that point. I decided, okay, I'm going to knock an arrow as it's coming up. But I'm just standing there, and I'm looking at Gilbert, and I'm seeing him trying to edge, and I can see him trying to find a spot so I know he's got a critter in front of him. What it is, I couldn't tell. It's so thick in there right. that I couldn't tell. This calf comes up two feet from me, stops and looks at me, man, and then all of a sudden catches my wind and just blew up Ooh, everything. everything. Yeah, and yeah. Joe's, just, uh, Joe's winds are bad. Yeah. I start to fire I start to fire out. They kind of like go, what was that smell? But with Joe, it's like, yeah. I can attest to it. Again, man. We're in the scenario, Joe's raking and everything, and I hear a, that's it. That's all I heard. It sounded almost like a moose, man. And then I heard clinking of rocks, 
in those volcanic rocks. And then I heard his antlers hitting the cedar. And then I look up and I see antlers over the cedar coming. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to find a way to move, right? Because I got this in front of me, right? So I see a hole. I see the bull coming down. I see his feet walking. And I see a hole about as big as a pie plate where I could probably shoot 25 yards through there, right? And he's less than that, much less, right? He's coming down. So you got to understand the floor that we're on is all volcanic rock with cactus everywhere, okay? So there's really no place to kneel. God provided me a place to kneel down, okay? And I knelt down. There was no way I could shoot standing up. I kneel down, much like you, got one foot out because it's a little slope, and I'm knelt down in there, and, you know, I'm ready to draw. I need that bull to take one step, guys, one step, three feet, okay, three feet. And I look down at Joe, and Joe's looking down, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, there's fixing to be something happening down below, right? Well, he's looking at the cow, and and then he looked at me, and, I, you know, I'm just in that mode. I'm not taking my eyes off the bull. I can see his eyeball, his neck, a little bit of it, and his feet. And I'm like, oh, my God. And his giant antlers. Guys, I'm going to tell you this. I've killed a lot of really nice bulls with this guy, Chav, uh, and myself. And I'm going to tell you, this would have been my personal best. And Manano. That's right. Manano, too. Uh, Manano videotaped a really nice bull a few years ago that I killed. But this bull would have been my personal best. And uh, I kind of know what I'm looking at when I look at him. And this bull had everything that you want. He's an older bull, really smart, had a few cows with him. And if that calf does not blow up, I'm going to tell you right now, he's coming to find Joe. Because Joe's doing everything he can to present himself as another bull in there with his cows, mm-hmm. right? So he's going to come on down and find what what's going on. And uh, when the calf blew up, the whole thing blew up. Bull spun and to put his butt to me, right? And I'm called to try to get him to turn around and look at me and get get a different angle. Man, I'm moving in there trying to get a different <laughs> angle. But as soon as that cow busted out with the calf, then the bull dove off down there with them, and they all ran up the other side. And Joe, so smart, man, he goes to straight regathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's straight regathering. <clears throat> runs up the side of the mountain. I push forward to get down to where I can see him, and then nothing's going on, so he bails back off and comes down there with me, and I hear something else coming. Well, he actually, with that regathering mute, calls the calf back in, and she's there, and then she catches our wind and shoots out of there again. But we are so, I mean, literally, guys, this much, and I arrow the biggest bull I've ever arrowed in my life, you know. And uh, to spend time like that with my brother Joe, we don't, we haven't hunted as much together in the past because we've, he's a caller and he's produced a caller who loves to call and who loves to hunt with everybody. So uh, having the special time to get to hunt with him, it's the first time we hunted together in, I don't know, what, two years, Joe, that we've actually, yeah, that we've actually gone on a set. And then the, the legend allowed us to go do that, and he went off on his own mission that morning and uh i'm gonna let go ahead bubba one thing i want to you know because what cody was asking i i want to give it a little bit pre there in that originally in the morning i had already introduced a bull into that area so right before we saw that bull there i had already 
bugled off, right? Mm -hmm. So then they're over there, and they start to move up. So there's already a bull that's been introduced in the area. So now as we, once they, I see them top out, and we've lost their vision, and we start to try to really parallel hard and get up there with them, because of the rocks and the way the situation was, I knew that we couldn't make that kind of racket without it being related. So I started... I didn't want to give away where that we were there, we but we had to because of the noise. So I started, mm-hmm. I started cow calling yep. and doing a little bit of like, um, yeah, doing a little bit of huffing and little small chuckles, just yep. nothing to show that you know that I'm a big bull or anything, but just something to get that idea in the head, and so that they would relax from us coming up. Now. It's still taking a chance doing the huffs, but it does, when, when you're huffing and when you're sounding like a bull tending your own cow, it's not a threat to the other bull that has cows, right? right. Because you're not, you're not engaging him. You're inviting the cows. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's more like I'm doing my thing and cows here, oh, there's a bull with some other cows and they might become interested. Yeah. We knew right? if we pulled his cows, we'd pull him. Yeah. You know, and, and, that's kind of the that's kind of even secondary to what we were mm-hmm. thinking. We just really wanted them to understand there's another there's some more elk in the area in the area, and we don't want racket. them we don't want them spooked because we're crashing and cracking and falling down and, and stuff like getting stuck with thorns and so, stuff like that. So just like I asked you this morning, you yeah. know, you were calling real soft at, at the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I think you ought to explain like chuckling. Yeah. So I I noticed like Luis when he was chuckling, it's it's not. It's not that high pitch, like real aggressive kind of sound. It's more of a inviting. Exactly. It's it's soft. It's it's and it, it's almost it's almost a real it's a real passive. I'm a bull and I'm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, I'm not here. I'm not interested in scrapping with anybody. I'm just letting other elk know I'm here. It's right. an invitation, basically. If you want to come over here, any other bulls that you want to partner up, come on over here. You know, cows, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it's not the, it's not with the emotion and then like the hard grunt scream chuckles, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, you know what it's I'm talking about. It's at the end of a bugle. Yeah. It's at the end of a bugle. You yeah. notice today, I chuckled a lot more than I ever bugled, right? right? Just something real life. <laughs> and it was soft. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't aggressive. Right. Right. And right. it's, it's, um, these bulls you know, aren't aggressive. Just, yet. just listening to it, you know, just from, from, from a person standing away, it doesn't sound intimidating. Right. Well, well it's not designed to. Yeah. Because they're so, not intimidating. So, you know, yeah. you, you listen to people on, on you know, uh, I listen to a, to a lot of different podcasts and, and uh, I've done a lot of different research and, you know, somebody will say, all right, this is what a chuckle is. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you guys were doing was the, polar the, opposite. Dep- depends on the emotion, the yeah. intensity. I mean, and I mean, I, we can, we can ramp it. that up into yeah. that chuckle right. that you're talking but about. But depending on the time of the year. But it's not time yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The same with the bugles. I mean, yeah, the bugles don't necessarily need to be that big bull. I mean, right. especially... I never you know, sounded first... like a big bull today. No. It was and, all... And, and yeah. he didn't either. Yeah. I mean, the last two it days. It was all just a location. Like this morning when we started out in the field, it was just a location broadcast, right? And then today when we were in our scenarios, it was more like, all right, I'm going to bugle just a little bit after I get done with my display. Yeah. Right? Not nothing hard, just... Right. You know, pretty much it, right? Um, 
But that's that's where the animals are. We have, I mean, we have bulls not bugling right <laughs> yeah, now, right? They're not, they're not doing yeah. nothing. That's yeah. it. I mean, you get a whoop. That's all you get? I yeah. mean, wow. <laughs> and a giant 350-plus-inch bull is going to come in like that? It's just, it's wild. You know, and we talked about that. I mean, I can see a younger age bull not wanting to speak up, right? Yeah. Because... They're, you know, they just want to keep their crap. They don't want to get their crap beat out of them. But what we had was, we had a mature herd bull bull that had cows already Mm -hmm. not speaking up. And I think that's even smarter because I, I think that's a bull that, you know, generally these guys are waiting off in the wings and letting the small guys bring them together and then they do their thing, right? I think it's just these guys are like, well, I don't want to start bringing in satellites and fighting right now. I mean, I think it's a, he's just conserving energy and just shocking yeah. all the herd to myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anybody I got all these I think myself, yeah. you know, as, as we, yeah. as hunters have gotten better, they're evolving to, you know, they're learning when to shut up. They're oh, creatures it, of habit. Yeah. And it depends on the number of animals that are in the area, right? There's, I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of cows in the uh-huh. area. We think there's a whole lot of lone bulls in there, but they're of different age classes. So, which means yeah. they're nomadic. They're going to keep moving around until yeah, they find cows. It's it's uh it's been real interesting. It's been you know it's so funny. I mean, this is our 40th season, child, mm-hmm. and we're always these critters are always teaching you something because <laughs> they're changing, they're the adapting, and bolting. Yep, never yep. told you. Yeah, Knox. Knox, lead us into what what went on with you, brother. Well, the thing about it was, is you know, it was a, we'd been down there the day before, and it was <clears throat> I, I was noticing the tracks, and there was a lot of tracks, and it was like wasn't necessarily a, a, a highway or a trail. It was just a lot of truck. bull tracks, and they were just meandering around. Yeah, this. Going over here and going over there and everything, and so I was like, "Well, okay, this may be a pretty good little ridge here." And so when we let split up that morning, I looked at it and I got my uh, sniffer out or my wind indicator, and it was like. This is not good. I mean, I can't hunt this ridge like this. I mean, the wind is totally wrong. And I said to myself, <laughs> self, self, <laughs> legend, you got to get on the other side of that canyon and on that other side of that ridge. And you got, I'm going, man, that's a long ways over there. I, I, I don't really know that I want to go do that, you right, know. And right. so I thought, no, nah, I got to go. So, so I. I finally made it over there on the other side, and it's like I said, you know, I'm not hunting necessarily that ridge because the wind is wrong, but I'm hunting the opposite ridge because the wind right. is going the right direction up over there. So I'm about halfway up that ridge and going down the side, and uh, I glance over there, and of course I'm looking at it all the time, and it's it's a funny thing when you do see an elk because you haven't seen any you go wow that's an elk (laughs) (laughs) so I mean I and he's he's walking and he's going down that ridge 
and I'm going, all right. So I took off as hard as I could, bailed off of that mountain, crossed that meadow, found me a very nice Trinoche. Got in that little Trinoche. Shout out to Tony Casenza with that word. The late Tony Casenza. But anyway, I got in that Trinoche and kind of throwed my rangefinder up and said, all right, that's that and that's that. Of course, I'm looking on the left side. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, cool. You know, and so I got this sweet little old thing here. I tell you what, now that's the best thing there ever was. This little old pink thing. <laughs> Sugar <laughs> Actually, that is chartreuse. Yeah, chartreuse. Magenta. Fuchsia. 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 The sugar. Called the sugar. sugar. Oh, my Grinder gosh. by sugar. Yeah. I hit it twice. The Wapiti River. And it was like, I was hoping that I could get him turned, but I didn't realize I was going to get him turned that hard. He came off of that hill like in a dead run straight at me. And, of course, I was already knocked. I was ready. And I said, okay, if you go left, I got you, dude. You're, you know, no problem because I'd already <clears throat> taken all the time to t- check my Distances. distance and yeah. stuff. And I kind of glicked at the right, and I went, oh, hope we don't go that way. (laughs) (laughs) So, nevertheless, he decided to go right, and he's got his head down on the ground, and he's at a dead run, and he's going, and he's smelling the ground, looking for cows. And so I got, so he goes right. And he gets about halfway, so I go to full draw, and I thought, well, I'll wait, I'll wait until he can, I mean, you know, all I gotta do is bugle or let out another mew, and he's gonna put the brakes on. Well, he goes around there, and he gets to where my trail had come up, where I had walked up, and it was like, oh, what's that? You know, all of a sudden he just stops, and I'm going, come on. Full draw. All you need to do one is take step. one more step. One more step. One more, one more step. step. Come on. One more step. One more step. I, I, I know what you're smelling and stuff, but one more step, please. It's not as bad as Joe or Beto. Yeah. 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 No. That smell so is not he, that bad. Depends on who you ask. He, he turns, of course, you know, he smells He smells that scent and everything else, and he whirls, and he's... He, leaving the world and I called him back of course I had let off and I called him back and here he comes and so I draw it again and of course guess where he is he's in the thickest stuff there is and I trying to find a little hole somewhere in there that I can sneak an arrow in and there's no way and he finally just boogered out boogered out yeah but uh that was. That's why we call it the one, one step one hunt. Step hunt. Yeah. So far, now yeah, what tomorrow is going to be a different story. Yeah. But <laughs> so I, I, I also want uh, you. You mentioned the sugar, and actually, 
what that is is that's our prototype. We've been working with Travis. We already have the grinder out. Yes. And the one thing I told grinder was I, I wanted a, a pair. I, you know, we have the grinder that, you know, it's our basically, it's, you know, it's a bugler that will breaks in great to doing cow oh, call. Yes. But Fantastic. we wanted something that right out of the box would give a real sweet, sweet. cow call. Yeah. And you don't have to use a lot of pressure with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so soft. and in it's fact, absolutely phenomenal. So, and I wanted a cow call so sweet that we were going to call it sugar. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, um, it is. And, and let me tell you what. It, uh... It has, it, it has, yeah. It, 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 that's it, as light as you can it'll, get. It. Yeah, it'll be so quiet, good. light, coming out of the box. Everybody that's grabbed it has really. Yeah, has, oh my I, God. I love the ability to, like you said, right, off, four days. right yeah. off the, yeah, right off the pack, just with slight differences in pressure yeah. of your tongue, oh, yeah. you can achieve from a, a, a mature cow to it, like a very yeah. small cow. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just, it I has just, that range of variability it, that you can, right. still get really you can still get pretty loud with it, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can, yeah. I can push really my lips ball. together really hard and barely push any air out of it, and man, sound just like the oh, faintest little calf, like mm-hmm. that, like RC was just doing right there. But if there. you start cranking some bugles on it, it's yeah. not going to It's not going to loud. And look, I, I'm, I'm the world's world's uh, worst at you know wanting to stay with the same thing. And, um, it, so Travis O'Shea, our buddy's been killing it up in Canada, calling bulls in, knocking mm-hmm. them down. We we can't thank you enough for sugar and for the grinder, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we know we know the form factor. All of us have used it on this hunt. We know what we want. We like the way it sounds. So that'll be being produced uh, this next year. So. Joe, I got to give a shout out to our boy Mark Carlson as well. Mark Carlton. Mark Carlton. Yeah. Uh, with the Rip It One and a Half, I've been working on the Rip It One and a Half. Joe and I had a little bugle off here. Uh, I the love other, the Rip It. Man. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. other evening, uh, he comes walking out of the the woods. We just decided we we're going to dual bugles, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But that call is. It's exceptional. You gotta rip a bunch of bugles on it to get it kind of softened mm-hmm. up yeah. for the cow call part. But man, once you get it, uh, really, really turned up, it's, it's, uh, it's an awesome call. And then I've been using the dirty deuce as well. And <laughs> dirty look, I, you know, Mark, we can't thank you enough for supporting us here at Elk Bros, sending us some calls. Uh, we put them to work this week and, uh, they've worked flawless. Yeah. And, and there's, weenie. there's the, the other green call that he sent us. Yeah, he's green, green, green weenie. weenie. Greeny weenie. But yeah. let me tell you, what's so cool about that is, is right now, um, Native by Carlton calls, uh, is going through a revamp. And when we get home from this hunt, before our mm. next hunt, we'll have some of the newer frames and the the newer calls that he is now making. Can't wait to pull. And, wow, and we're yeah. excited about that yeah. for Mark, man. Yeah. And Heck I, yeah. I, I, he does a stretch on his that really gives a nice high pitch. Does. You know, I mean it's it's a it's a high pitch stretch and man, I'm telling you that rip at one and a half. Oh I my love god, it. man. I absolutely just... that's what I was blowing today when, mm-hmm. when we were doing our stuff and uh, I you know, I oscillate between that and the grinder. And uh And I and I'll, and look, I'm gonna give everybody look, I used um also today, when you were guys were with me today, mm-hmm. and you could hear those different calls, right. I was actually using um, the, the Phelps um, yeah. 
Yeah, but it was it was their uh, pitch black number two. Yeah, it's one of my favorites out there. I like calls that are like that. Um, you know, I love our grinder for what it does, and, but I like to rotate the calls and do different sounds. And we have some exceptional call makers out there. We do. And you know, if you if you learn to work those latexes, you can work any latex. Right. And, and uh, so uh, we we actually got the those calls for Hunt Wars because that's getting ready to start. So they sent some in there, and man, heck yeah, I I love to use their calls when when available there. But let me tell you, Mark. Dude, man, I'm so excited for what you guys are yep. getting ready to All put of out here. Uh, because he's um, he's got he has a lot of passion, and I really want to see Native by Carlton. We've wanted to love that company, man, yeah. and and you know there was some things with some of the stuff with the tape that is changing with the the top. He's going to domes now. He's doing some different really cool things with the frames. I look, y'all. We. Get ready. We had him on the podcast. Yeah. He was awesome on the podcast. Yeah. I was so, he was like, look, we're going to send y'all some calls. And look, that guy runs a business. So <laughs> I ordered my own calls and from him because I knew he was going to send some to Joe. I wanted to practice with him before I got to camp and everything. Appreciate you guys getting them out as fast as you did. I got my order in, got my calls back within two or three days. And uh, so appreciate you guys. Joe, I want to talk about another one of our grinders out there that has done something real special for our group, and that's Mr. Henry. Uh, building us uh, some really custom knives, right? Travis Henry, is that correct? Tracy. Tracy Henry. Yeah, so Tracy Tracy is an, an incredible human being, number yeah. one. And he has made custom knives for, for all of us. For all yeah, of us, right? I told him I was going to have yeah. them in my pack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they are they are built for tough. Absolutely, <laughs> bro. They are incredible Super. steel. And when he found out that we had a giveaway winner, he wanted to make sure that that giveaway winner, Cody, had, had one, of one of his knives, man. So we were able to gift you that knife. Yeah, I'm just blown away. I mean, the craftsmanship, yes. and this thing is smoking sharp. Yeah. Sharp. Man, he sent me mine, and it is, I mean, out of the package, shave you. And uh, that... It doesn't happen a lot. So, Tracy, we can't thank you enough, man. We said that we're going to have you on the podcast. Joe and I will make that happen. But the thing that you've done for us as far as giving our, our our winner's knives, our Elk Bros knives, I mean, it's been phenomenal, man. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank Many you, blessings to you thank and your you family. So much. Thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so this has been uh, – we still have one more day tomorrow, so – it's it's getting late, y'all. <laughs> so, hey, so, uh, there's there's one more one more step today. One more step. One today. more step. Yeah, today we got a close encounter. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We better talk. We better. We'll close with that step, Joe. So you and the mafia got in it again. Uh, Cody and I went and did our thing today. Uh, got to spend some special time with Cody, and uh, I hadn't got to hunt with him. So today we got to hunt together. He's a, a special guy, man, and a really good hunter, really smart young man. And uh, I, I got, I got to. You know, he's very questioned. He asks a lot of questions. And that, for me, being a coach and, and stuff like that, I hope he got something out of our hunt today and, and understood that we're, 
we're just regular guys that love what we do, you know, and we promote that that side of it, you know. So thank you so much for your no. for your uh, kindness and hospitality today, and, no, thank you and I appreciate you enduring. Uh, I'm a passionate guy, and I, I believe an elk's around every corner, and I set up that way as you and, should. And, and uh, so, but it was a fun hunt for no. sure. And although we didn't get to harvest anything or, or see an elk today, man, it was a lot of fun sharing the woods with you, brother. And I've uh, <clears throat> I've learned so much from each one of you guys. Yeah, and, we appreciate. Uh, it. I, I appreciate you guys actually sharing. Just both that. ways. Yeah. So we'll uh, turn it over. And to not only that, I mean, I've had a heck of heck of a good time just just hanging out with you guys. Yeah, we like I told you, that. like when I first got on your podcast, I was like. You, you guys are who you are, and you guys are a lot of fun to hunt right. A lot of fun to hunt with. I, I just hope that I get invited back. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Thank Joe, you. lead us into what went on today, brother. Um, so, you know, today me and the mafia were going to go out together. Uh, we have that opportunity. And after the last time I took him out, I, I thought I'd take it easy on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, yeah. So, so we um we went out in into some of that lower ugly country and and I love it because it looks like some of the country that I really like to hunt mm-hmm. and and we just worked it you know as we we're going I'm using um, cow chumming as I'm going um, we found a level and we knew that these bulls were coming from yeah. one area yeah. to another so we decided to get on the east northeast side of a ridge and work that where we seen a ton yeah. of track we got a good wind had a real good wind, wind for moving in it yeah. and today was great and so we were going through and long story <clears throat> short um you know as we're going as i'm doing the calling i'm taking a step and i hear chow, chow, chow. <laughs> and I, he, he got so excited, Manano, you know, because I heard the first joke yeah. stop. But he doesn't know. He doesn't know if you heard. But, yeah. That's <laughs> always. But he, he, you know, he was like, Joe, Joe, Joe. And he, and he goes, 25. Bulls. Yeah, because he was, he was in front of me. And yeah. I thought, okay, Joe's ready to, to kill this. This soccer, so. so the way we were though, the way I'm, I'm on the left, he's on the right, he's seeing the bull, and I've got a bush in no front shot. of me. Yeah. Nothing, I can't even see the bull, so I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to see the bull, I'm like, where in the heck yeah. is this bull? bull? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And so I see Manano, um, we both knocked an arrow at the same time. As soon as he said bull, I'm knocking an arrow, right? But, I don't see the bull, he does, so I just kind of move to the side, let him move forward, yeah. And when he moves, the bull comes forward, and now I see him. But he's antsy because Manano, he sees Manano, and uh, he turns to go away, and I, I made some calls again. He turns and comes back, and he shows himself broadside one way, then he turns and shows himself broadside the other way, then he turns back. It's like... I mean, and, yeah. and Manano is at full draw. And he's just looking for a window. He needed one more step. One more one step. More step <laughs> you will see it in the video. One one more step. Step. Yeah. Camera, one camera, video. camera B made a good video. You'll see the video right <laughs> You'll here. You'll see the video. It's yeah. a close encounter. Yeah, so. yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was really awesome. And you know, he had the case of the Veralakes, and he got really excited, and and. Actually went off and almost got on the bull again, but I mean it's a typical that that was the typical 
scenario that we usually see this time of year. We're yeah. working fixed stuff. We're cow chumming. We're calling. They're silent. And they come in silent. And you try to catch them and get a shot on it. And that, you know, okay, so there have been plenty of situations. I've called in bulls now for three guys. And, uh, and it's all been... Well, you got a shot off, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been one more step, yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we're hoping tomorrow Cody and I are going to head out. Um, hopefully we can get Chav in there by the wallow again. Um, you know, Chav has every day, you know, he's been putting himself in the four-wheeler or in the T-Rex, in the T-Rex and taking off, packing in his stuff, um, getting in all the way into. You know, it's a in the most, hike, bro. it's like, isn't it a, a beautiful spot, man? Yeah, yeah, I think under normal conditions that would be golden. Yeah. But this year just nothing showed up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I keep texting him. He's like, nope, nothing's happening. That's Time how to it is. It so. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, y'all, um, you'll hear about tomorrow in the next podcast. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to chew over all of this that we've had. Um, you know, it's... It, it's been a great hunt. It's been a hard hunt. I think that's what's made it so great. Yeah. yeah. Really. I've said this yeah, a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. It's the hard that makes it great, Joe. Yeah. It's why I'm so emotional every time we take one. Yeah. You know, I, I get emotional every time I've ever, ever, uh, taken an animal. You know, I shed a tear. Uh, even, even yet the other day when Joe and I, we needed one more step. I mean, I was super emotional. Because you just work so hard, man. Yeah. You work so hard to put yourself mm-hmm. in that position, and when it don't go right, man, you know, you know, it's like somebody stole your rattle. <laughs> and upset, a, you know? a week from now, yeah. we have our Elk Bros Adventures crew coming in right. with the with our coaches, and they're going to be on their hunt. So, so for our listeners that don't yeah, know, two weeks. Two weeks. So two weeks. for our listeners that don't know, Joe and the crew, we've created outdoor. Uh, Elk Bros Adventures, mm-hmm. and uh, so we are now a registered, uh, licensed outfitter in New Mexico. Yeah. So not wanting to outfit. Not yet. Not yeah. wanting to outfit. Yeah. We're actually coach. bringing some. Joe's, you know, putting together some really good data and some really good things uh, for where we're going to really turn the industry in a direction that's different. Right. We're all coaches sitting here, Mr. Knox, myself, Joe, the Mafia. We're all coaches in our own right. Chav, I mean, has coached at various levels for his whole life. So we want to bring guys in camp like uh, Mr. Cody and the new guys that are coming in uh, that will be with us in camp in, in two weeks. And we want to help them get better at doing it themselves, right, Joe? Yep, that's it. And, and that's our goal. It's a so, do-it-yourself type of thing. Yep. Uh, we're not guides. Uh, you know, we will be there to help you and be on your hip with you as well. But we are definitely are your elk hunting coaches. And we've been with them already for two months through yep. a lot of training and stuff um, over Zoom and communication. So yep. I'm excited. Um, it, as, as tough as this has been, you know, um, by the time these guys get here, we're hoping that things are a little bit more vocal for them, and and uh, they're excited. So we're going to get after you, it. You've actually been through all of the sessions with yeah. us. You know, can you speak to that and how how well you feel like it prepared you for when you got here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. I was always uh, just checking my uh, the WhatsApp. We were all talking together, and uh, every day I'm like. What do you mean we're not having one tonight? You know, I, I'm like, you know, I, 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 I was living for it because that's what I, I'm hungry for the information. And every time I got on, I mean, I learned so much. I mean, Joe, you saw me. I'm, 
I'm writing it down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is good stuff. I'm yeah, writing no, it down. I'll you know? watch you for sure. So, um, I would I would tell you that uh, from from the very beginning and going through the uh, through the Zoom calls and talking with you guys, my confidence just grew every single time. And it wasn't, um, you know, I would learn new things, but it was also kind of a. Um, uh, you guys would, would talk about something an experience that I had right a failure that I had right and then be able to talk through why yeah and then it would you know lights would go off and I'd be like okay alright now I understand what I did what I should do going forward and you know coming out here and hunting with you guys um uh, honestly, because of all of the Zoom and all the preparation, I, I, I wasn't intimidated, yeah. even though you guys are, I mean, you're famous, right? Oh, man. More like in our old times. More infamous. Infamous. Okay. All right. Well, we can For go sure. with that. Yeah. But, no, I, I really, it, it just, it, the, the confidence that it gave me and then, you know, spending the week with you guys, yeah. I mean, my confidence is through the roof. I've got another tag. Um, in Colorado, and I'm just like pumped up. It, you know, it's been tough this week, and I haven't harvested one yet. Yeah. But um, we're not we're not done. No, we're mm-hmm. not done. We got Definitely 24 not. hours left. Uh, you know, the next time our next hunt, we're gonna have another elk hunting coach in here with us. Uh, the pimp in the box, the man from Colorado. <laughs> uh, you guys know him as the host and owner of the Western Contours Podcast. Mr. Guy Duplanchet will be in camp with us. I can't really wait to chop it up with the man with the golden voice. I mean, uh, it's gonna be epic. Yeah. I mean, Joe. Well, Mark, Laura, voice. Yeah. Well, we love Guy. Can't wait to have him in camp with us. Um, I'm going to get my truck put back together sometime. <laughs> I have to take old Whitey back to Texas. Uh, it has been an absolute awesome podcast, guys. Really great content. It's been an honor to share the mountain with all of my bros and Cody and his dad. Um, I tell you one thing, uh, this never gets old, Joe. Uh, I tell everybody, it's like heaven when you get here and it's hell because you got to leave. Yeah, but, yeah, we work for it all year, man. You know what? If you want want any of your questions answered on our show, please go to info at elkbros.com. That's I-N-F-O at elkbros.com. And like we say in the Lone Star State, wives, kiss your husbands. Husbands, kiss your wives. Hug your babies. Keep Keep your your broad head sharp and your powder dry. (laughs) And we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. And a special treat for you from our cook. This is his music. This is him and his family singing. We're going to play this for you from some of his tunes he's recorded. We'll see you guys. From Big Toko. Peace. Peace.